we're back again. Like I know, I know we have breaks now and again, but we've been turbo busy. Now, yeah, th- there is good reasons as to why we have not been in your cochleas for a long time. And yes, you know, that, that's physio- physiologically true. That is accurate. That is so an accurate word you used. We've been working in England. It's a country uh, <laughs> fairly great. Yeah, we've uh, <laughs> fairly good. <laughs> We've done a lot for the world over the years. Well, you know, it's arguable. It's debatable. We, we've done we, stuff. We've, we, we've yeah, been busy. We've, we've had influence on the rest of the world. Let's say that much. Okay. We, we've, we've, we've done stuff. Yeah. We've done stuff. Now, it's currently fairly hot in England, and we are working a lot of hours. And in between working a lot of hours... This, um, this week's highlight was 12 and a half hours. 12 and a half hour shifts in one day from 5 o'clock till 5 o'clock when we normally wake up at 6 o'clock you're then waking up at 4 o'clock to then get like it, it's not as bad as most people let's be honest but it's it's tough for us because we're foppish yeah we're foppish dads <laughs> like what is this I will work between the hours of 1 and 3 in the afternoon yeah. <laughs> and require siesta midway through I require entertainment yeah. while I work. If you could bring me grapes as well, then that would be ideal. If you can't, I will be upset. Yeah. So I mean, we've we've been on the scene, as it were. What? But not in a way that it's audio recordable. Oh no, we we've, so, we've free, been busy. Our free time has been. Oh good God, I want to die. Shall we play a quick game of Warhammer or build a thing? We've not we've not been energized or entertaining enough to like do an episode. We'll just be quiet and. I mean, we we've been slaving. Over getting some Warhammer done, yeah. and unfortunately, we have the focus of a laser beam that's hit a diverging crystal. Yes, that is true. That's our focus. Are we, are we rainbows? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you're saying here. I didn't say it was white light. I said a laser. Okay, so we could be red. We could be multiple red laser beams. We're okay, there we go. That, that sounds a lot cooler. You know, yeah, rainbow is a bit less dangerous. Whereas we're dangerous. Are we? We're dangerous enthusiasts. We'll walk up to you and we'll tease you if you're possibly a child. <laughs> Are you saying we bully children? <laughs> maybe. Maybe to make ourselves. Yeah, we've feel been bigger. busy bullying children. We've been busy bullying children. It's the summer holidays. <laughs> Stop, nerd. Nice school bag. <laughs> oh shit, that's his mum. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so we've not been bullying children. We've been slaving away. But unfortunately, we've got the focus of uh, many different red lasers. Yes. <laughs> and we've sort of... We've done Titanicus. Yep. We've done... Uh, not Kill Team. Necromunda. Yep. And uh, we've, we've dabbled... Dabbled in something else. Of, of a more... 40k. <laughs> we've uh, yeah, dabbled in 40k. I mean, there's, there's, there's 40k. And That's we've, we've also dabbled into an, another sort of region that we'll cover a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah. Which may or may not have been deliberate. May or may or not have been entirely planned. Um, may have been entirely accidental. May have been. Possibly. You didn't hear that from Definitely. me. Right, so, okay, we have... What we've decided to do with this episode... A hodgepodge. We, yeah, we're doing a hodgepodge. We're just going to, like... A lot of things have happened since we um, haven't done anything. So <laughs> we'd like to address some of them. Uh, are we thinking, like, chronological order? Like, as to when they happened, we'll discuss them? I'm thinking about big news first. What's that? The big zipper fight down in the alley. You're Space that? Marines. Oh, yeah. I'm talking power suit cradling boys. Yep. There's a new codex coming out. It's out. It's out. It is out. <laughs> along that's, with, that's along how with long it took us to get this That's how long it took us to get this A 
boatload of supplements. Which I'm weary of. Yeah, now this is an interesting way because they, they tried to do this beforehand. So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the Space Marine Codex is out and they have six mini books and therefore the different chapters. So you have Ultramarines, Imperial Fists. Are they six or are they eight? I don't know anymore. There's a there's, there's, there's a number yeah. of, of boys floating floating around. Um, so the idea would be that you buy the base Space Marine Codex. Which you can do, like, you can just play the base Space Marine Codex and it has a lot of stuff in there. Like, the base Space Marine Codex looks great. You can, but it's categorically worse. Uh, we'll come back to that. We will come back to that. Uh, yeah. Because there is information held within the others that you need to know. Now, in the base Space Marine if, Codex... If you're playing that faction. If you're playing that faction. In the base Space Marine Codex, you do not have a single named character to throw... A sausage at. Do you not? There is not a single named character. They all belong wow. in their specific chapter book. So, uh, wow. Coursera Khan, White Scars. Lysander, Imperial Fists. Shrike, Raven Guard. Is this, through, is this the route they may take with Chaos, so that when Chaos eventually gets a Codex 2.0, Death Guard will just be a supplementary thing, as will Thousand Sons, as will Emperor's Children. We'll come back to that. Ah, that's a shit. Put a pin in that's that. That's a shit thought. Put a pin in that. But it would open up the loadouts available to like Empress Children and Death Guard specifically. Continue. Yes. So, Space Marines, going with this line of questioning, a new line of questioning as well, yes. uh, you now have to buy two books for your rules. And now... If you want to play that faction. Lots of people have been going cuckoo, nutty, bawam, bawam, nutty, insane... English! <laughs> Speak English! It's so hot in here. Um, <laughs> to be fair, this is like... It is like... Searingly hot. We're calling from the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, we lied about being English earlier. We lied. Um, yeah. So people are, uh, are saying this, this is a fantastic way of doing it. Because they forgot that GW did this about five years ago. Which kind of tells me how new these people are to being... It's a good sign that the hobby's growing? It's a good sign that the hobby's yeah. growing, but it's also a good sign that people aren't aware of the way that GW used to suck money out of your wallets. To be fair, it's not as bad as money sucking. Yeah. Su- it, it, it's a big money suck. It, well, yes. Big it's... money suck. <laughs> also, why I don't work in London anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> the Space Marine Codex. Aside. Yeah. Space Marine Codex. Space Marine Codex. <laughs> There's a reason why he's got so much Warhammer. Yeah. Space Marine Codex. <laughs> Uh, so they did this a little while ago they made some supplements so they did it in a less serious way so it, it was used to be um, Space Marine Codex and then you have the Crimson Fists Space Marine Codex then the Iron Hands they made like these small supplementary codex codices and this was kind of like a testing thing and then we had Demon Kin for uh, Chaos and you know they, they... that's sounding awfully 7th edition to me that was 7th edition well done uh... you can tell by the name yeah <laughs> okay so Demon Kin yeah what were so... they meant to be uh, they were like a mix of corn demons and corn engines and just berserkers and like fairly bashy stuff. So they gave them the generic name of Demonkin rather than anything like to do with corn. Yes. Right. It was an interesting decision. Uh, they had, they'd, it was a cool book, actually. I won't, you know, let, with let's a shit let, title. A shit title, but a cool book. I will okay. give it that. Right. Uh, so now with the Space Marines, if you want to get into it, now a lot of people have a chosen faction. So let's say Ultramarines. Which are maybe not our favourite. I'd say let's go with Crimson Fist. Let's go cool. Crimson Fist. I don't know if they got a book. Do they have a book? Let's go with White Scars. White Scars. Are they cool. definitely have a book. Everyone loves White Scars. So let's say you're a big White Scars fanboy like I used to be. You would buy the Space Marine Codex. Yeah, yeah. 
I was. Yeah, way back in the my, day. My very first paint job ever was white scars. I was painting with white as your first. That's why scheme. I moved away from white scars. <laughs> I always loved them, but I moved away from it. Anyway, so let's say you know what you're looking for. Fantastic. You pick up the Space Marine Codex, you pick up the white scars. Mm. Great. Now, we haven't got our grubby little mittens on any of these supplementary books yet. Or the Space Marine Codex. Or the Space Marine Codex. Because we don't collect Space Marines right now. Because we don't collect Space Marines. But as part of our our research for you guys, we'll probably dabble into something at some point. Yes. Now, that's that's why we just end up buying so much deceptive shit. That's why we buy so much It's purely research and not because we have... We're just easily distracted. Yeah, it's not like we go in there and we're bamboozled by shiny, glossy objects. It's not as if the local store manager just gets a mirror, stands by the window and just shines it onto a new box and we go, must buy... That's definitely not New us. Aurochs? <laughs> it's the Ailes. Ailes. Now anyway, back to the Space Marines. Space Marines, so if you know what you're looking for, this is great. So let, let's pretend, because we don't know. And this is probably maybe an issue for doing a podcast where we're trying but to... Where are you going with this? We, no, this but is but I'm, I'm, just so. saying, I'm just saying we don't know the contents of the White Scar book. We don't know. And no, I'm, I'm what is your point here, then? No, no. My point. <laughs> my point. <laughs> Could you get that? <laughs> Is if you buy the white scars and you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about, you know who yes. you are. Yeah, we've covered that numerous times. You visualise this book before if you, you purchase it. If you it. buy it, yes, yes, then what? And then you decide, hang about. Actually, I quite like the look of those imperial fists. Yes. Well, now you've got to buy that. Yes. Actually, for this game, uh, it's it's a theme game. All my friends want me to play as the ultra. What you're saying is, is that it's a bit more expensive. Game. It's a lot more expensive. Yes. I began with that. It's a lot more expensive. I began with that comment, Henry. Yeah. Thank you for down this garden path. I had to hold your hand and walk you down the path because because people are saying that this is great. I I and can see where they're coming from in that... Yeah, it, it's, it's your faction underneath the magnifying glass, but unless yes. you know what that magnifying glass is looking at, you're basically buying... Porn? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so hot in here. <laughs> it's disturbingly hot. Like, like because, because don't judge him, ladies and gentlemen. England is like a land of strange weather. Yeah. Uh, above twenty-five <laughs> degrees, and our brains just stop working. Yeah, it just happens. And below about ten, same thing sort of happens. Same thing sort of happens, but only if you're wet. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's a separate concern. Now, space marines. They're out. They're randy. They're big. They're talking. They're happening. Okay, the Space Marine Codex, to cut this short, like, we got a whole bunch of previews of their traits. Yeah. And I was initially a bit upset because I saw that um, it's the Iron Hands. They used to have a 6 plus feel no pain. They still have a 6 plus feel no pain, except now they have a 5 plus overwatch, and also all their vehicle wounds count as double for the purpose of vehicle damage tables. So that is also rolling into their already present ability, shall we say. Yeah. You get the best trait of the Tau and the best, well, one of the best traits in Knights. Yes. Which is batty. And like a lot, of, a lot of the Space Marine traits are like that. Uh, for instance, Black Templars is one which I am like, hype for. Now, like, the Black Templar one, it makes me look at Primaris and go, they're dangerously let me offer, sexy. Let me offer a rebuttal. A rebuttal. A rebuttal. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we shall. Now, yeah, rebuttal. We will get Remember to that. that. Put a pin in that audience to remind us, please. Yeah. Help. But um, with with the new Black Templars, uh, they have a special rule. Yes. That just means that they shit on Death Guard from a height. Yes. Yes. From they do. an absolute height. 
Okay, what's because the points difference between okay, what they have is um, they have some other abilities which don't matter tucked in there. Yep. I can't remember what they are even. I can't remember them. But the primary ones, they get a five plus feel no pain, and it used to be that uh, space marine traits only applied to the infantry and maybe dreadnoughts. No, not even dreadnoughts. It's like infantry and characters and terminus all that shit. But vehicles didn't get it, whereas now vehicles get it. So they get a five plus feel no pain for free on everything, which is batty. Batty as fuck. And a Primaris Marine is like a point more than a Death Guard Marine. Yeah. And that 5 plus feel no pain is huge on two wounds compared to one wound. Because one wound is pretty good. Two wounds, mental. Yeah, because it means damage two is now statistically not going to kill you. Which is big. Whereas Whereas a Death Guard guy is statistically always dead. Molly want. Now, this made me want to rip a phone book in half. (laughs) I can can understand that. (laughs) Now, ah! Ah! GW! GW, please! Gadubs. Gadubs. <laughs> My buddy Gadubs. Why? God, it's hot in here. It is really hot. Why do, why do they do this to me? Why do they do this? They tell me, they look me square in the eyes, yes. and they said, Henry, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's what they said. Because I looked at them with innocence in my eyes. I said, please, very politely, I've never, I've never been upset about this. No, you... Please, could great unclean ones be... Toughness eight, because if for anyone that doesn't know, a great unclean one is giant, a giant mass of demon flesh that is meant to be tough as all hell, and they do not fear death. They they're immune to pain, they're immune to damage, semi-immune to damage. They're meant to be fucking tough. They're also quite fat. They're also pretty darn fat to the point where if you stab them, you have literally no chance of killing them because they're that huge. Oh, yeah, take like, you all how big day. a sword would you need to stab a great unclean one into the vital organs? A wraith titan knight size sword. Pretty much. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got a big one. Um, that's you why they spat in my eye. <laughs> that's why they're on their <laughs> knees. That's why they're on their knees. Because you spat in my eye. Yeah. Some oh. distance away as well. <laughs> this is an impressive. Yeah. Thank you for that. Get on topic. Yeah. It was just deliberate. It wasn't like I was going to lean over. Just you disgusted me. I'm replacing you on the next episode. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So they've just made uh, Black Templars more tough than Death Guard now. Something I'd like to preface this whole discussion with is that we're not actually upset with the way that they've buffed Space Marines. Because oh, fuck no. also they get a once per game uh, ability. And they've got like a table of, I think, four or five abilities they can use across the game. One of them, uh, one such being that they can move and fire heavy weapons without penalty on all their vehicles. I think, no, this is, are you talking about the Doctrines? Yeah. The Doctrines are a permanent game effect. You pick one at the start of the game, then you switch it, I think, with the Stratagems or... Oh, okay. Right. Ability. okay. Um, but the, basically the Doctrines... They're cool. There's stuff like um, your rapid fire weaponry is AP minus one. Heavy gets AP minus one, and think vehicles don't get a penalty to move and fire. Yeah. Um, I think you get plus uh, minus one AP when it, uh, in close combat with another one. I think that's the three doctrines. The thing which is really cool about them though is that they only work if your entire army is Space Marines, so no soup. And I love that going forwards because it means they're going yes, soup is better, but we're going to give you a bonus if you're not souping. Yeah. Which is really nice to see. Um, but like the way that they've in, okay, also with the Space Marines, uh, their traits all being now kind of bonkers. Well, they were really kind of shit before, so this bit, helping them out a lot. Uh, it's also increasing the complexity of the game in a not too absurd way. It's not like it's uh, making the game suddenly wilder, complex. I don't know. It's just going okay. We're just giving them a bit more stuff, so it's not too much more complicated. But they're more interesting to play now. Um, and just going forward, I like seeing that happening in other codices. Like this is a good like starting point for the next generation of codexes, which is lovely. 
But the caveat to all of this is space sorry, Chaos Space Marines Codex 2.0. Which was a crock of shit. It was a crock of shit at the time. You mean you mean Chaos Codex 1.5? They called it 2.0. Okay, but it's 1.5. Yes. It is 1.5. Entirely. Anyway, so this is when uh, Vigilance was coming about and they had this uh, sort of second revival of Chaos and they had uh, Abaddon come out and the Lord Discordant and, you know, a few other models. They sort of released a few extra rules in the new the new Space Marine uh, troop kit. Yeah. But what's weird about it is that, yeah, it wasn't a proper codex release, which is very strange. It, so therefore... It was the old codex with points updated, changed from chapter approved, and then the new units which were brought in with Vigilus Ablaze into it as well. That was That was the new book. And you go, well, fair enough. I mean, like, obviously you had to get a new Chaos Spaceman Codex to the launch of uh, Abaddon. That, we needed that to happen. Um, and to be fair, Space Marines couldn't have had a similar kind of thing because they didn't have anything in which... Oh, fuck, wait, hang on. <laughs> fuckers. Absolute fuckers. Yes, so it, it, it's a nice quality of life change for Space Marine players. Uh, it's something that I'm not 100% keen on. What? Uh, the way that they're introducing more rules to help Space Marines catch up. So, for example, we also have that um, plus one attack whenever they're charged. Oh, the Shock Word Assault. Shot. Shock Assault, yeah, thank you. That affects uh, Chaos as well, though. It affects Chaos as well, yes. But they're buffing Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines by sort of releasing these very widespread overarching rules. Yeah. And it's kind of them saying, mm, there's a bit of a problem with Space Marines, but the way that we're going to address that is we're going to give them more rules. Well, which... Whereas back in the old days, where the game was not at all balanced, but... <laughs> yeah, know, when it definitely wasn't. It, it definitely wasn't balanced. It never has been. It never will be. We don't have a problem with that. But the way that they used to try and fix units is by adjusting their points values and adjusting their sort of utility. Whereas now, it's a bit more of these overarching rules because part of the problem with just releasing a new, brand new overarching rule, so the Shock Assault, where every uh, Chaos... Sorry, every Space Marine unit, Chaos or Loyalist... Dude in Power Armor. Dude in Power Armor gets plus one attack if they charge or were charged or performed a heroic intervention. Yes. Now, that's fairly interesting, but let's compare the power level of that on Space Marine Tactical Marines. Yes. Who are just standard, hitting on threes, strength four, one attack each, no AP. Yeah. Compare that to Blight Lord Terminators who are going to be Strength 6 or Strength 7, uh, possibly Strength 8, yeah. possibly AP-4, possibly 4 damage, a guy. You know, the value is kind of weird, and I think what they're going to end up doing is they're going to end up imbalancing the game in just other ways. So Terminators will suddenly get better, which is fantastic, but Black yeah, Lord Terminators is the best. The thing is, though, is Terminators weren't great to begin with. No, still they, aren't. Still aren't. Still aren't. Um, Power-armoured individuals don't tend to turn up in like competitive lists in that if you want infantry and you're running loyalist you run guard yeah if you want infantry and you're running chaos you probably run cultists even at five points compared to four points because four points for basic infantry would be fucking overpowered wouldn't it only loyalists can have that no no betterness here yeah. um because power armor's just been generally too overcosted this edition so giving power armor more ways of being valuable is good to me like i appreciate that yeah, I mean, it's fair enough, but also what I'm trying to get at is I'm fearful that they're going to nerf my Blight Lord Terminators. <laughs> like, that's... Because, I mean, they're already sort of semi-comparable to Mortarian, and if they buff them, and then they're going to go, hang on a minute, that unit's really strong. It's, no, but I like that unit. I, I don't, don't, I don't think the Blight Lord Terminators are still good enough, though. Yeah, but... In I mean, a strictly competitive sense. They're okay, yeah. yeah. So, Space Marines are getting new stuff. 
hey, that's great. So there's new models coming yeah, there with are. the Codex. There's the new like super tactical squad of super tactics, which I actually quite like the look of because they have some cool stuff and they do weird things and the rules and that's all fine. Put a mine down, which is cool. You mean the new stealth team or the new tactical marine? These are like tactical squad who can like put a mine down and have like toolkits and stuff. Okay, yeah. So this is like a new Primaris tactical marine squad, um, which come with a variety of new skills to make them. They have the basic Primaris, the deep strike denial Primaris, and now like the engineer Primaris. Yeah, I mean it's pretty cool, but we're now sort of and stealth Primaris. Yeah, we're now entering like a weird, um, almost like computer game RTS style unit system with the Primaris. Like, most people aren't going to pick up all these units, but imagine if it was in an R- RTS, there could be different strategies that you employ and blah, blah, blah. Well, blah. I, I guess seeing a Space Marines on the main line, giving you different ways to have basic dudes yeah, just adds to more flavours of army that aren't just all paramedics or whatever. So I, I see from that sense it makes sense. Um, okay, it's fun, it's but um, they're also adding more complication by adding this unit. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I don't mind complication. But it just it shits me off because they said that they won't have they won't <laughs> have two very different statements. Though. It shits me right off, yeah. Um, because it won't add universal special rules. Oh yeah, they, but they just need say, to overturn that at some point. They, really they just do. need to they need to just accept that they were wrong. Like, we and are it's stupid. We are, I think it was back in the Necron Codex review way back when, when I said we probably have forty different kinds of deep strike right now. The numbers only gone up since that point. Yeah. There's really a lot, near there's like a lot seventy of shit going different on. versions of deep strike in the game right now, which is just just insane. Just call it deep strike and be done with it. Yeah, get everyone on the same boat. You don't even need to have like as many special rules as there used to be, because there used to be like f- like forty. Yeah, universal special rules. A fair amount. You can now just have like say ten core universal special rules for stuff like deep strike or feel no pain, because most of the others have been stripped out from the game. Yeah, but for the, for that basic shit, you just I oh, just bring it back, bastards. <laughs> Coming back to that Black Templar thing. Yes. So Sorry, they just have a 5 plus feel no pain. As far as I've seen, the justification for them having 5 plus feel no pain is their religious zealotry. Because nobody else... Now, like, Chaos don't have a faction entirely dedicated to religious zealotry, do they? Or do they? Of course they don't. No. Because their gods, their gods are made up. Yeah. So, who, would, who would fanatically believe now, in... <laughs> we come from a time, an age past, where... The Emperor is very much uh, a dude that sits atop the throne, possibly dead, possibly not, doesn't really intervene with mortal lives, however the mortals all wish that he would. Um, he's off battling demons in warp with his mind. Yes. That's that's like what we grew up with. And uh, the chaos... Did we even have like strict stuff saying he's battling demons in his mind? We never even had that. Yeah, it we was we like... had more of a... He's possibly just a husk. Yeah, like, there's a real, very real possibility back in the day that the Emperor wasn't even doing anything. Yeah. He was just a symbol. But he was consuming 1,000 psychers a day, which is also kind of fun and terrifying. Yes. Because it's, if he's doing nothing, why is he consuming 1,000 psychers a day? Anyway, so that was back in the, the grand old days of great law. Now we're moving into different law. Uh, <laughs> because back then... <laughs> you didn't see like his eyes flutter and break as he, as he restrained himself just to say different. It's just different. different it's just different. It's a different way of doing yeah. things. It's a different perspective. Now, back in our days, the Chaos Gods were real, they were powerful, they imbued their dudes with insane gifts. So, and number one, demon weapons. Demon weapons used to be a magnificent thing that would make a Chaos Lord truly one of the greatest combat beasts in the game. Right, like, like, demon princes used to be truly fucking terrifying because not only were they 
you know, like nowadays they're sort of this fluttery object that can do a bit of damage and they're a bit tough, but you've got to keep them safe. They're generally good at everything. Yeah, but you've got to keep them safe. You can't just fly them out Back in the day, it was like, no, this dude is made of warp energy and he's a fucking demon. Have you tried to kill a demon before? Most people can't do it. Surprise, surprise. That's why we have the Great Knights because (laughs) most people can't kill fucking demons. The other thing back in the day is that it felt that the whole Temptations of Chaos were real. Because, like, yeah, the Imperium shit and Chaos offers you very real power. Yeah. Whereas, if you can get it. Whereas nowadays, like, eh, they're pretty much the same. There's stuff like demon weapons going because... And I guarantee you, I, th- I think I've had this complaint before, but I, st- I still fucking want to complain about it. Demon weapons have disappeared in 8th edition because loyalists so, don't get they, them. They disappeared in, like, 6th. Did they? They were gone for ages. Wow. Okay. Like, they, there, was the a reason... de- there was a demon weapon which was a relic, which worked like the old one. So one dude could pick a very specific demon weapon, and but there used to be... There used to be anyone could have a demon weapon. Any leader, yeah. Because basically... Demon weapons, the only reason why they're gone, I guarantee you, is because loyalists don't get them. Because they were really powerful and made your Chaos Lord somebody who could deck a squad of basically most things. Yeah, so th- this was a gift bestowed to them by their gods. Yeah. Or they killed another dude that had it, and the Chaos or Gods were just like, it somewhere terrifying. It. Yeah, but they had to earn it. You had to earn it. You wouldn't, oh, yeah, well, it, it, it wouldn't just be like an innocent dude who was really shit at fighting would have a demon weapon because no some bigger dude that was better at fighting would take it from him so only the big boys the chaos lords would have demon weapons and that's the reason why might makes right now wasn't so, like the um i think there was a national one which was a whip which did like um i think they're all the same no no like, back in the day because this is a back in the day there was different ones available to different gods along with uh, two neutral weapons, because like the Black Axe, a couple of others. Oh, maybe. Um, and then there was one featured the other Chaos Guards, and right, okay. a whip. We, we're getting sidetracked. I think we may have done instant tracked. death. Yeah, that's... That <laughs> really amazing stuff. Yeah. Ter- terrifying stuff. Instant death was a thing that used to just kill characters instantly, for anyone that didn't know, because instant death isn't a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. So, like, your, let's say, Magnus. Magnus could be one-shot by this thing, unless he had the special rule Eternal Warrior. Okay, admittedly, if maybe, maybe, maybe stripping warrior, out some of the uh, keywords was a good move, but... Yeah, maybe Eternal Warrior. But now, anyway. But back then, so Chaos, Chaos the faction, the yeah. faction, the tabletop faction, let's ignore the lore, they felt like a representation of some space marines that were bestowed great gifts by... I mean, you know, quote-unquote great um, gifts by their gods. Yeah. Nowadays, the Black Templars... Religious zealotry is the equivalent of the gift of Nurgle, the mark of Nurgle, that makes you basically impervious to damage. They do get plus one toughness, though, the Nurgle boys. They do, (laughs) but their vehicles don't. That's true. So the Black Templars, with, like, you know, going by our law, going back in the days, it's just a dude that is yelling a lot and is really fervent to. You know, that's the law their... now. They're just no, 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 now. no, because the emperor is a bit more magical now. The emperor's power. I don't think real. they said it comes from the emperor. I'm gonna buy that book. <laughs> don't think they have. <laughs> anyway, yeah, some new models. Yeah, also a thing which I'm excited about because they have a new transport as well. Um, the transport you can be up. You can have like a few different ways you build it. One of which provides orbital strikes once per turn, and only from one of them. So if you had like seven of them, but the same thing, only one can fire at a turn. I think there's one with a gun turret, and there's one which gives it a four plus and vulnerable save. Yeah, and I the thing which I'm sort of excited about and a little bit scared of is how much that costs because if it doesn't cost too much, you get a bunch of them. I think they can only transport six dudes. So that doesn't matter. You get a bunch of them, a bunch of infantry squads who are Black Templar, and then you suddenly have a vehicle which moves probably fairly quickly because it's hovercraft, 
with a four plus invulnerable save and a five plus feel no pain. Yeah. And a bunch of them. Like you can just go and touch they're pr- everything. They're, they're pretty darn cheap. Yeah, it's gonna they're be pretty darn cheap. So they could be a really messy unit for just getting in your way. Yeah, well, I, don't know, I don't know what the transport's called. I want to call it something, something. Um, <laughs> the hover carrier. Yeah, a repulsor transport vehicle. It's basically like the Primaris Rhino. Yeah. You know, so so the way the Primaris work is they take all the uh, space moon vehicles and then they just make it hovering. Also, anyone who at this stage wants to say, well, okay, when Primaris first started coming out, Games Workshop said, Look, we're not replacing normal space moons. We're not. We'd never do that. Yeah. And then everyone nowadays saying, they're not replacing them. It's like, they are. They're doing it gently and yeah. in such a way as not to piss off the fans. But they are. They now have an equivalent rhino. They now yeah. have an equivalent predator, which we'll speak about in a moment. Yeah. Uh, and they they have the original repulsor. They have is... um, dreadnought equivalents. A lot of the leaders, the characters now going towards being Primaris. Yeah, Minus Calgar. Yeah. Um, Targaryus. Who is uh... now better than Araman. He also gets to re roll all of his cast rolls. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes, he's... Okay, so. <laughs> Going back to when we were first in the hobby, uh, all powers came from the warp. Still the case. Still the case. But back then, you know, Perils of the Warp wasn't just this kind of game mechanic. <laughs> it wasn't take D3 there. mortal wounds. Yeah, it, you could die. You could just instantly just get fucked. Yeah. Um, and that's because Psychers used to be drawing on the power of the warp, but it was always very specifically specified, like, this is a really fucking dangerous thing to do. Like, you, you are opening your mind to demons, and which is just is, insane. You being a psyker makes you extremely attractive demons to try and kill. Yeah, you're like a bright beacon in the dark, I think yeah. is how it used to be described. Pretty much, yeah, like, all the other souls barely are, like, flicker. Yeah. Whereas a psyker is this gleaming... Burning beacon yeah. to all demons that they want to consume your soul. Now, going to the chaos side of it, that's still true. Entirely. It is still very is much awesome. true, which is great. However... They're also beings from the warp. They're not so afraid of demons. They have more control over their powers. Also, so, they're Araman. also more willing to risk it for a biscuit, though. They, That's the other thing. Because like, with Space Marines, it's all like, we must keep it restrained to control as best as possible. Whereas a dude like Araman will go, I'm going to push the fucking limits. But also, Araman is, uh, his patron god is Zinch, who's the sorcerer god. Yes. Now, I could also believe that Zinch would have maybe... A little bit of influence in the war. Especially seeing as like a it's bit. fairly theorised he may in fact be the source of magic. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he would have some influence yeah, at the very least. Some, some influence. So it could be justifiable that Araman would have quite good sorcerous powers. Yeah, Hence yeah. why Magnus is so good at sorcerous powers. Possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Who could say? Who could say? But now new Primaris Tigarius, or Tigarus, however you want to call him, Primey T. Primey T. He is now better at casting powers than Araman. And Araman is meant to be the best of the Chaos Psychers. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you really... Like, I'm sorry, whoever writes the Loyalist books has just the biggest boner on. Yes. For shitting. Like, just... Like, there's Chaos. Chaos is a level. Chaos is, let's say, six metre on a, on a depth chart. <laughs> this dude has a massive boner on for going from 6.01... Yeah, so they're only just ahead of chaos, but it's like we're still better than you. It's, Go fuck yourself, guitar. <laughs> Give me powerful, sorceress, trickstery like chaos. For individual fun chaos shit. are meant to be more powerful in terms of like the bigger boys. Yeah, but the Big law boys. is basically, or was, 
But the bigger boys are bigger and scarier than you because they're probably older than most of the, the normal space marines. They've yeah. been living in the fucking warp, which, by the way, space marine training, no doubt, is very intense. Living in the warp is pretty fucking metal. It's like it's like a constant test of your skills. I mean, Abaddon is quite literally over 10,000 years old. That's not a man you fuck with. That is a man of 10,000 years of experience. That's of... a lot of experience. Yeah. Like, Reboot has been sleeping on this bitch. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And some of them are wielding demon weapons, which are absurdly powerful nonsense things. Not as many as they used to. Not as many as they used to be. They've just disappeared from the world. Now they've changed them for big axes. Yes, of course. Um, but yeah, so it's something like, oh, Aaron's a bit weaker. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, so it's just pipping at the post, because Targaryen has these special rules, like he gets plus one to his casts, he gets to re-roll. Well, plus one they both share. Okay. Um, cast three, deny three, they both have. Yeah. Um, albeit... Tigaris has, you know, re-roll all of his spell rolls. Yeah. Warp rolls. Because, why the fuck not? Because he's an ultramarine. Because yes. he's blue. Araman's also blue, but it's the wrong shade of blue. Wrong blue. As we all know, <laughs> different colours are wrong. Now, <laughs> with space marines. Yeah. Now, as said, he's also like 20 or 30 points cheaper, though. Yeah. And I think he's got better base stats other than his movement. Anyway. I don't think that's, I don't think that's like with the disc factored in either. No, I, I'm saying with the disc he moves further. Araman moves. Oh yeah, further. but I think the disc makes him quite a lot ex- more expensive though. Okay, but yeah, I'm just saying Targaryen's stat line is just better than his otherwise. Yeah, because he's primary because he's a big boy. Oh, he's also got a better weapon as well. That gives him plus three to his strength or something. Cool. Hmm. Okay, I don't mind. Tar- yeah, but going back in the old days, I don't mind Targaryen being a bit more of a beat stick. Yeah, because he's a bitch slap Tyranids. Yeah, but and also because. He's still a Space Marine in Terminator armor, or back in the days he was in Terminator yeah. armor. I don't know what he's in now. Primaris, Chugaloo. Gravis armor? Gravis armor, yeah, something like that. You know, whereas Araman was always about the spells. He was never about, I'm going to get in there and stab someone. It was more like, no, nah, I'm going to fly around yeah. shooting lightning <laughs> out of my hands. Fuck up your day from a distance. <laughs> and to be fair, that's the right way to do it. That is, is it, the though? right like, way to do it. One way's a lot more metal, though. One way is a lot more metal, but if I could be flying around on a disc shooting lightning at people, you know I would be. That's true, but back in the day he wasn't on a disc. Yeah, that's true. The disc is the game changer. Now, yeah. <laughs> in other, we've also got the new Primaris Dreadnought, which is yeah, meant we... to be a scout stealth Dreadnought. Okay, my initial thing was I'm a bit upset because as Tau, they've stolen my thing. And you're talking about? The Ghost Keel. Like, we had a really cool, unique thing, which was a stealth Big walker thing? It was a big walker. It it, it's a big. It's, it's a big walker. It's like big stealth is a bit of a stretch of my imagination. Yeah, but they have like yeah. hyper advanced technology to camo it and hide it from sensors. All that sort of shit. But that was a unique thing we had, which wasn't really anywhere else. Like that's cool. And they're like, space marines have it. Fuck you. Admittedly, it's only the infiltration part, but I'm still upset. It's okay. still kind of going into that realm of scout walkers. Yeah. Which, like, it's a dangerous line to tow because once Space Marines have it, are they going to put it to other people? Are Guard going to get it? Well, Guard do have it. I mean, they've got scout sentinels, yeah. But they, they've been a key part of Guard, and they're awesome. Whereas this new thing, this has, okay, one of the most awesome things I've seen in a while on a Space Marine model, yeah. and one of the dumbest. <laughs> yep. So the thing we both love yes. is that it's got a giant power gauntlet but it also has a hip-mounted heavy bolter pistol. As in, it's in a holster. Yeah. It's in a fucking holster. It's, I don't know. I don't think it's in a holster. I think it's just like grabbed to the side. I assume there's like something to hold on. It, it's Something's it, holding it on. It there. looks fucking awesome. And also the way that they've they've posed the the like the poster model that yeah. they've sent everyone. It is just in that like 
Mexican standoff, like hand, hand at the twitching, ready. Yeah. ready, like ready to draw. It's like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. In we, the other hand, it's got like an auto cannon or something. But I don't give a shit what's in yeah, the other hand. Cares. I'll just have it with two of these, two hands oh, empty, and then two like hitmaster guns, ready to hip. Ready to. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think one of my favorite things about this though is that they've got specifically in the rules that when it's within three inches, it counts as pistol three. So it means that if you're in close combat, you can fire this thing as a pistol. It's like, yes! Yeah, it's really fun. That's amazing! I do like it a lot. It's fantastic. Now to the part we don't have a lot of... Love for. A lot of love for. It's Baby Carrier Mark II. (laughs) It's it's like... uh, Okay, so I know what they're trying for here. I don't know what they're trying. Okay, it's the space marine in a little cage poking his little face out. Going, Hello, I'm in control of this thing. That's yeah. the bit which we're telling so about. Him. Imagine, imagine the the sarcophagus of the dreadnought. Yes, it's just open from the front, and it's just a dude in there with like joysticks, and then like a small like roll safety cage. roll cage in More front than of anything it, in else. case it falls over. He doesn't fall out, but yeah, yeah. So you could just shoot the dude. Yeah. Which is, number one, a big problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. The armored <laughs> walker, having the pilot wildly exposed is bad. Uh, I know what they're trying but, to go for. They're trying to go for like, the cool sort of mech feel, which okay, kind of you could it, work if it was done very differently, the, though. The best approximation to this thing yeah. is the walkers from The Matrix 3. Yes, yeah. It's basically that. And that also didn't make a lot of sense. But, but they were a lot cooler. But they were cool. Whereas in this setting, having an exposed pilot, you know, back in the Matrix days, <laughs> back in the early 2000s, the uh, robots that these walkers fight don't have guns for some reason. They're no. hyper advanced, but they decided to not have guns. Like, they, they're literally flying metal Maybe balls. it's inefficient. I Maybe don't guns know. are inefficient compared to just throwing billions, billions of, of robotic robots. lives <laughs> away. Okay, but that's, that's why you can have exposed cockpits, and it, it doesn't and it was, work and okay, out. Entirely. It was also stylized in such a way that it fit with the rest of the film. Yeah. We're not defending the Matrix so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, no, no, no. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say now. With, yeah, but, but with this guy, where yeah. it's just his exposed Primaris dude, like, wedged in there. Like, number one, he looks like a complete nerd. Okay, but also, nerd. you compare it to two of... Okay, there's two other things I can think of immediately that have this same thing in 40k. Number one. The, green the baby knight. carrier. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the actual baby knight. carrier, which is terrible. The Absolutely terrible. Knight. Yeah. Nemesis like, it's not too bad if you didn't have the baby carrier on the front. It's yep. still kind of off and doesn't feel too 40k. And it's just an oddly proportioned mech. It's really weird. But you then have a Terminator just standing there derpily on the front with a little thing around his stomach. It's, it's being just, a baby carrier. It's not a Terminator. It's just a random dude. No, it's just strapped up to the top of it. I think it's in like the Grey Knight Terminator equivalent armor. Are they not? Nope. No, I swear just, they are. It's just a random Grey Knight dude. Okay. If it was a Terminator, that'd be ridiculous. Like that'd be even better because I, it'd be I even worse. I think it is Terminator. It's not. It's, it's not. not. It's, you it's can not look at it. Random dude. You can look at it. It's well, not. We have the internet. No, right we're, we're not doing it in I'll, the podcast. I'll no. prove it. Yeah, but it's After not. The podcast. You're wrong. We'll I am right. We'll wager Believe on me, it. We'll wager on Now, the other, the other way this does work because there is an example in 40k where this really works. What is it, Henry? You know it. It's the penitent engine. Yes. Which is quite literally just stolen from Matrix. Yeah, that, that, that's it, basically... It's exactly the <laughs> yeah. same as the walker from the Matrix, <laughs> yeah. which is a cool walker. Minus the guns, though. To be fair, they minus the guns, put on flamethrowers and buzzsaws. Yeah. Awesome. Well done. Well done. They then took away a lot more of the protective stuff, so it's just a woman, like, it's plugged in. It's a naked in. dude. I think it's a man as well. I think it's a woman. 
It would make sense with Sisters of Battle. I'm yeah, it would lie. make sense because it is Sisters of Battle. But they're plugged in in like a horrific way where you see like a bunch of wires going into their skin, etc. And they're positioned right in the front with nothing to protect them other than their belief. And Which is ho- fucking awesome because the Sisters of Battle, by the way, they're crazy. crazy <laughs> they're fucking mental. Crazy chicks. Yeah. And that just ties in so well with them. And it says a lot about their fashion. No, it, and it also it, shows... It also, while they're plugged in there... They have the constant images of like guilt and like all the things they've done wrong to get put them in a pentagon engine running through their mind due to the way it's wired up. Yeah, like it's specifically kind of a torture device to make them charge into battle with yeah. the aim of dying to make them suicidal. So like the fact they're put on the front and ready to die, yeah. Are you saying that doesn't make sense? No, but it doesn't really mean have to. This is the Catholic Church in space with like, like this is like 1600s Catholic Church. This on is like steroids. Ba- this is like the Spanish Inquisition on steroids. steroids of madness. So it fucking works. It's amazing on the Penton engine. And I'd love, I want to see what they do with the new one, because I am so hyped for that. I'm not sure it's going to have the same suicide feel, because I think that might get some backlash in this day and age, but I, I it's hope, different. I hope they keep it creepy and awesome. If, if the new Penton engine is bad, I'm going to be very upset. So All the other systems are bad. With the Scout Dreadnought. Uh, it, also, another thing that I really hate about it is, once again, once again... Primaris prove that the guy that's writing for them doesn't really care about the law. Okay, to be fair, I think that what happens is the model is designed, then other people have to take on what is there. Okay, but, but whoever, whoever's design designing the models has no idea. Should be given like the crib notes for 40k. Like this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is what this faction is. So, for example, the dreadnoughts. Back in the old days. <laughs> No, even nowadays, because the Redemptor works nowadays, this way. Even nowadays, because the Redemptor works this way, um, is that the pilot has to be near death and then plugged in. Not sure about the Redemptor. Let's just stick with regular dead. Oh, no, I, I've read about Redemptors. No, no. I don't just, know if they have to be near death. No, no, but... that's what I was going to say. I, I'm pretty sure Redemptors, it's just they put a healthy space marine in and it uses them like a battery and it drains their life force yeah, while they're I think, I think they're Redemptor. plugged in. Now, it's a fairly permanent deal. They can't back... step back out again like some kind of fucking walker. Yeah, come back to the Dreadnought. Yes. Uh, the standard Dreadnought is a sarcophagus. That's what it is. It's literally a dude that is going to die, but he's such a hero of the Space Marines, or he's done such heroic deeds that he is worthy of saving. He's and just a bamf. He's just a bamf. But back in the old days, that's it was so fucking cool. Like It really was, because to be interred in a Dreadnought meant something, and the Dreadnought pilots could live for years and years and years, and they, they basically put them to sleep for some time, so like um, Bjorn, uh, the eldest uh, Space Marine, loyalist Space Marine alive, uh, it spends most of his time in cryosleep and then they bring him out for like major events but also to be a council to yeah because the... these guys are wise as fuck this also made Chaos Dreadnoughts really fucking cool back in the day before we have Hellbrutes which is just like demon to be things. fair Chaos Dreadnoughts were always insane no no but I'm saying like what they were is because they were space marines who were like kept and basically put through as much agony as possible to make them crazier like their own Dreadnoughts were kind of torture devices yeah. and so Sarcophagi were also like built to hurt them and be like Ruin their brains, etc. Which is all kinds of awesome. Not in the space marines, but anyway. No, not in the space marines. No. Um, but... Yeah. So it, it kind of it was your last, you know, chance of life, and it was meant to be a they would die without the dreadnought. Now the redemptor is the opposite, where the redemptor without the sarcophagus, because they could be kept in the sarcophagus outside of the dreadnought, couldn't they? While the dreadnought was undergoing repairs, the, the, the dreadnought is the sarcophagus, like the whole thing. Like I don't think there's like, I mean, sure, there's probably a chamber that comes out. I don't I know. I'm not is. a dreadnought repair man. Anyway. I've been a dreadnought repair man. <laughs> the redemptor. The redemptor uh, uses Primaris as batteries, pretty much, and it, it's quite cool, but it, you know, doesn't quite work the way I'd like it to. Where kind of Primaris life is meant to be pretty darn cheap. 
which is also weird because they're extremely expensive to produce and all this sort of stuff, but they're cheaper than Space Marines somehow. I don't know. They don't really get the law. There's not really much meaning behind it. Anyway, they're fairly cool models. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're attempting to use them like a battery. However, this Scout one, they're not even like piped in by the look of it. Yeah. It looks like they're just sitting in there with joysticks. Which you know? has made every other Dreadnought design just dumb. Because, like, hang on, before it was, you know, you need to be in a sarcophagus, otherwise it don't work, or in the case they're empty, you need to be plugged in and you'll die. This one goes, you're all idiots. You can just pilot these things without dying. Yeah, but but back in the old days, let's ignore the Redemptor, because the Redemptor changed the game. Mm. If you look at Space Marines and the setting and everything, it's so brilliant, because it's so metal, because it's saying if you go on life support... The only life support we have is a giant weapon yeah. of war. Like, that's why it works like, so fucking Sadly, well. our, our chapter master's become a vegetable. We'll inter him in a fucking great big metallic walker yeah. where he'll suplex things until his dying day, where he cannot be stopped, and if we piss him off, he'll crush us. The syphilis has driven him insane. We're putting we him in a dreadnought. <laughs> but we'll put chains on it, and that'll work out. Yeah. Also, that's the other thing with Chaos Dreadnoughts, is because some of them were, you know... People who like you know in there for have along, um, but then the uh, chapter turned traitorous. You may still have loyalist dreadnoughts, yeah. but then they just go like, "Well, we're taking out the sarcophagus, and we're going to amp you up to like all the most terrifying shit we can. Keep you like that in a part of the warp where you know hundred years passes, and then throw you out into battle while you're truly insane and hate everything." Even though they're loyalist, because things were awesome back in the day. Things were pretty darn dark. Yeah. Oh my god, that was dark. <laughs> yeah, nowadays, like, oh, I'll put a little guy in a mech. Back in my fucking day, you want to have a person on the front of a mech? They must be tortured at all times, yeah. wanting to die, and the mech looks terrifying both to be in and to have a, be charged at. By the way, being charged by Penton Engine, I'd shit my pants. <laughs> Along with my entire platoon's pants for them. <laughs> I, mean, I would, but if I had a gun, I think I'd not feel too bad, because I'm pretty sure I could kill the dude on the front. I don't know. No, no, because there's things, because they're like, also pumped full of like, all the. I don't know, like all the games in the world, yeah. And like all the games and everything. Like you have to get in with like a fucking headshot. Yeah. Okay. So this, and hit this... a part of the brain which matters, which with the last guy is going to be tough. Just <laughs> <laughs> bounce off the eyebrow, blinking in his eyes, blind him, blind him. Yeah. <laughs> that's why the, the that's why the Imperial Guard are such good shots. That's why they put flamethrowers on them because they yeah. aim for all the eyes. You have to see with the flamethrower. Where we're going, you don't need eyes to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, a reference to a good film. Yep. No, I reference to a film I like. It's not good. <laughs> okay, so this this Primaris Dreadnought is a thing. It's a scout thing. The Tuggernaut. Uh, it's a mix of cool. I'm pretty sure if you, you <laughs> could do... A... Your voice just break it. No, I went up. No. Um, it's a mix of cool and silly and maybe not great. So I think with some sweet conversion work, you could restore the shit out of it. Yeah. Like, number one, I would just cover up the pilot. Oh, and yeah. And yeah, suddenly right. it's a lot better. Yeah. It, it, basically, if you, if you just take that uh, hit-mounted... Heavy bolter, which is fucking awesome. Uh, if you just put that on a regular Redemptor, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Ridiculous. Did you want to briefly shit on the tank? Not a euphemism before we let's, carry let's, on. You know, let, let's let's have a quick crack at the tank. So they've got a new tank, which is basically the Primaris Predator. Ish, ish. Now, let's not let's not go into too much detail about it. Because we might discuss this at some point may actually, in the yeah. future. Because there is so much going on with this model. Like that's like, number one. It's a very very busy model. There's yeah, any, a lot of detail. Any complaints that on. people have about the Primaris line being um, a bit busy sometimes isn't warranted. In this case, it's possibly the busiest model G Dubs has put out in a long while. It, yeah, for something that's like, meant to be quite plain. 
Yeah, it's well. just meant it's to be a normal tank. A, okay. <laughs> so something my friend and I were discussing, um, because this is what we do in our free time. Uh, we were discussing. <laughs> you thought we had lives. You guessed wrong. <laughs> yeah. But we were discussing how the the, the new Primaris uh, tank, a current executioner, I want to call it. I don't know. The the Predator Primaris Dreadnought yeah. tank. Not Dreadnought. Not Dreadnought. Not Dreadnought. Um, Just the Primaris line in general, actually, is that they use a lot of guns which previously Space Marines would never ever use. Such as Stubbers. Or at least Stubber lookalikes. I'm not sure if they're actually Stubbers. They may be some kind of unique machine gun, but they look like Stubbers. But they look exactly like Stubbers. And Space Marines were always known for Bolt. You put your faith in Bolt because... Big boys have big guns with big bullets. Yeah. Fact. You don't, <laughs> you don't be a big man with a big gun that shoots small bullets. Are you crazy? Like, Unless it explodes, I'm like, not using it. gives them bolt guns because they can carry them. Like, at what stage do you think, nah, that man will be more effective with a piddly little machine gun but compared to what is essentially a clip-fed rocket launcher? Yeah. Like, that's, that's what a bolt gun is in reality. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking high-speed grenade launcher. <laughs> Which fires things like how thick are they meant to be? Like basically, basically almost like head size. Not almost like normal human head size, the size of a bolt. I think probably more accurately the size of your fist. Or still is, fuck is a up your day. It, that's meant to punch into your chest, stay there, and then detonate. Which only the um, Space Marine game has got right. Yeah. Because everything else is just like, oh, it's a projectile. No, Space a, Marine game just has like, machine gun. fires in, then a split second later it explodes. It's awesome. Yeah. Game's great. So. Mark Strong in it. It has. He's a talented man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we've said this before. I don't. I think Mark Strong has gotten a lot of praise from us. Yeah. Now <laughs> I don't know Nobody. why. Yeah. Why has he come? Seems up? very weird. Now possibly a space marine game. Yeah. So the primary use a lot of guns which were used by the Imperial Guard typically. And if you look at this tank, the main gun looks like a bastardized Lehman Russ battle cannon. It has a Lehman Russ Executioner Gatling cannon, or a Primaris version, but basically that's what it is, guys. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, it has a heavy stubber on top, a pintle-mounted heavy stubber. It has a twin heavy stubber out the back. Yeah, because... It then has two yeah. heavy bolters <laughs> on two eighths of the top of the turret. Yeah, on it the turret, has it has two four... smaller turrets, which are heavy bolters, which like wiggle at the back. They're not even pointing forwards. They are just little back-facing heavy bolter turrets. It's insane. <laughs> they, they can't really aim as well, because they're no. so small that there is no... They also don't have a way to look up and down, if you look at them. Yeah, they literally just, just go left and right. It's so they'll go over most, most things. That It has on its left and right side... Rocket launchers poking out the side. First of all, what a place to put a rocket launcher. Especially if you're in some kind of formation, you just fire out and blow up the tanks next to you. <laughs> but not only that, they're not even the same rocket launcher. I think They're two different designs. One of them has a flap on it. To be fair, I think one is a chaff launcher. Which, which is one? Really, uh, it's a circular one. No, the circular one is an iron, st- uh, iron hail rocket pod, which is found on the Redemptor. In which case, it's just yeah, fucking no, crazy. No, it's just it's fucking just ridiculous. Fucking crazy. It's like, you know when you're a child... <laughs> and you would maybe draw the bestest draw tank. a best tank, and this tank has, would have about a million yeah, guns. It has two turrets on it, a rocket launcher on the left side of the front, two rocket launchers on the side of the main turret. On the back of the turret, angular, you have two little like machine gun turrets on their own little turrets with jet <laughs> engines on the back. On which the back, this tank you've got jet engines, <laughs> and then you've got like a back facing. Was this tank designed by designer's child? 
And then the designer went, that's cool, I'm going to make that a model. I'm going to actually just... I'm not going to look at any sort of reasons or rationale. <laughs> or source material. I'm just going to strap guns to this Why thing. does it have four aerials on it? There's a lot of aerials going on <laughs> in this thing. Like, a ridiculous amount. To the point where Primaris might be robots, and this is a control node. Possibly. Why has it got, like, train stoppers on the front of it? <laughs> yeah, on, on the front, left and right corners, it has... Uh, Buffer stops from trains. That's I can, all I can imagine I, they are. I love this model. Or they're From skids. a purely outside-looking in perspective. I would never want to own one, because they look ridiculous. See, but they almost look fantastic. They almost do. They like, almost look fantastic. Certain bits of it, like, you could do a lot to this model to make it look fantastic. Yeah, like the basic turret shape. It's awesome. It's randy. Yeah, like... It is randy. But then there's, like, a bajillion guns on it. Like, Which is the trouble. Like you'd have to look at the kit, and maybe if the kit you could just put flaps on everything. So you just like, you put like plastic card flats on it to get rid of the gun. I would do that. Quite a lot of the. I'm um, making a sweeping <laughs> gesture with my yeah. left hand. Um, but there's a lot of the pictures online uh, on their store when there's people, specifically when they don't have the space marine poking out the top with the heavy stubber. stubber. Yeah, when that's not there, it does look quite a lot better. And it I reckon if you just better. take a couple more things, it would look pretty great. Yeah, less antenna, less fucking random missile pods all over it. You know, less, less mismatching missile pods. Mismatching missile pods, which would just drive me nutty. Yeah. Um, so that's that in a nutshell, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I think now that's most of what we want to say about the space marine stuff. That is rules great going forward. It's a great sign of what 40k is going to develop into. Shit for chaos, because yeah, shit, shit for chaos. But that's always the case. Yeah. Uh, so we're positive about this. Uh, mostly positive. Some of it's perhaps a little bit negative. Boot <laughs> Gilliman. Yes, Gilliman. I've also got a silly topic after this, which is not related to anything else. But I thought of it the other day. Well, quickly. Okay. Gilliman. They've done something really awesome with him. Yep. So we were talking to the local store manager, as we always do. Yeah, he comes up a lot. This is um, a great man. He is an Ultramarines collector. Yeah. He is a faction Ultramarines man. Uh, to be fair, I don't really know of any other local ones. I think they've been burnt. <laughs> like, <laughs> they've been burnt slowly over time so he loves uh, Ultramarines he loves all things Ultramarines he wants them to be good boys uh, now we we got to talking about uh, m- not Minus Kaga Reboot Gilliman they're interchangeable yeah. for me and they've changed him so that he no longer gives the re-rolls to wound because previously everything within six of him would have re-roll to hit, re-roll to wound. They still have re-roll to hit, yeah. they don't have re-roll to wound. So the way that people would play Reboot Gilman is they'd make a castle six inches around him full of devastators or razorbacks or whatever deadly weaponry you can bring to bear and just have ridiculous amounts of re-rolls and ridiculous amount of reliable damage output. Yeah. Uh, that was semi-competitive, but if you knew what you were coming up against, you could beat it quite easily. It's the kind of army which... Doesn't do the best competitively, but will just rock and stomp any kind of casual. Yeah, so, so it's it's it's, a, it's bad for the game in that it doesn't do anything for either party. Yeah, so let, let's put it in terms that people can all appreciate. It's like in an RTS, say <laughs> Starcraft. Let's say you're a very high professional player doing. Do you a, mean doing a rush? Do you mean like a rush? A very professional player rather than a very high professional player. <laughs> a very high professional. <laughs> okay. Player. Now it's like doing a rush strategy. So you're the best, one of the best players in the world. And this strategy is an all-in. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, you're just you've lost the game. Yeah. This is what this reboot Gilliman thing is as well, and it's exactly comparable because in a casual game, if it's a massively pro player doing any sort of strategy, they're going to beat some casual dude. 
you know, so this Rubik Gilliman list was a very easy one to mimic, worked with lots and lots of different units. So like, uh, like I was saying, Razorbacks, Devastators, Primaris, Shooty Boys, Hellblasters, Centurions. You know, you could literally throw many, many different types of units in there and, and it'd it just works. be useful. You'd just get value from it. Yeah. So naturally, we don't like that. No. Because it's it's kind of wonky with its well, balance. We want um, list building to be interesting and ask questions like, should I bring that and what is good with this rather than just most that's optimal the shooting. Yeah. yeah. And it, with this Reboot Gilliman strategy as well, and something that we were discussing with the store manager and he agreed with us on, is that we hate that playstyle for Reboot Gilliman. Because as much as we dislike Gilliman uh, from a law perspective and all yeah. that sort of stuff, he's still a he's, Primark. He's a Primark. He should be getting in there, stuck in with the lads. But instead, you pay for this second emperor of humanity who just stands there and buffs things, it which just, is just boring. It becomes like, an expensive building. <laughs> yeah, imagine if Abaddon did that. Everything within six of him got like a two plus in fun, and you just sit him at the back with the obliterators. And it's like, well, it's not yes, really Abaddon anymore. Is but it? it's not Abaddon. Abaddon would be in there slicing and dicing. Yeah. And Reboot Gilliman should be looking for that same glory because he's a glory hound, because he's an ultramarine. <laughs> but also, stuff like. Um... The store manager, like, he owns Rubik Gilliman. He just stopped bringing them to games because it just wasn't fun. Yeah, and it, it upset other people as well because they would just see Rubik Gilliman, have flashbacks of all the times that they've played against Rubik Gilliman and just be like, you know what, I just, I don't want to do this. And any bat rep which I've seen which has Rubik Gilliman, every single time it gets to the Rubik Gilliman, roll to hit, roll to wound, everyone's like, yeah, just, just re-roll the stuff, come on. Because it's such reliable damage and wounds and so on. It's just like just not fun to play against. Even yeah. if it's not the most broken thing, it's just not fun to experience. So this change, they made him cheaper as well to accommodate the fact he's not as powerful. Yeah. This whole change, that's really good, especially again going forward because it means that they're willing to look at broken things and readjust how they work rather than just changing points. Yeah, Re- reworks as opposed to adjusting points. And reworks are always fantastic because the game changes... Earlier on, you were arguing with me that back in the day they would just change things by changing the points rather than changing how things work. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Some reworks. Some reworks yeah. are fantastic. Like when, for example, something is left in the dirt or is fantastically broken or just silly and, you know, okay, so, for example, Overwatch is a computer game. Very, very popular computer game. One yeah. of the characters in the game can bring another character back from the dead as an ability. And part of the problem that Overwatch has in balancing that is how do you possibly balance that? Because potentially... That's fantastic. Mm. Because in the, in the game of Overwatch, it's a 6v6 PvP um, game. If you, can, if you can resurrect someone, it's kind of like 7v6, in a sense. Yeah. Like, you get a free death, so you can play super riskily, because, uh, you know, you just throw a guy away who does mondo damage, but then dies, but then you just re- resurrect him. Yeah. So it's not a risky play. And it's kind of the same thing with that Reboot Gilliman strategy, where if they had kept that reroll, you know, hits reroll wounds... Well, that's such a fantastic ability that how do you then work around it? And the way that they originally worked around it was just increasing his points. Yep. Which, yes, it worked. In a sense. It did work. However, it just left Reboot Gilliman in a really weird place. And that's the same with this Overwatch character. Yeah. In that it just leaves them in a, in a space between, if you like, where they are potentially broken, but also... It's, it's either they're broken or you price them out of the game with Reboot yeah. Gilliman. And the yeah, fact yeah. they've changed it and changed his points, good, great, fantastic, love to see it. I mean, I, I don't know what his new points are, but, you know. All right, so now, silly question I thought of the other day. Yes. Say you're guardsman on a planet. Yes. And you're going to have Chaos attack you. Yes. First of all, which Chaos would you most want to see? Corn. And which Space Marine faction would you want to be on your side? Actually, no, sorry, which... 
Of the Chaos one is interesting. Which one do you, would you want to see most, and which one would you be most afraid of? Okay, so the one I want to see most is Corn. Why Corn? Because I would be killed pretty darn quickly. That's true. Like Slanesh and Nurgle would be re- uh, reveling in my slow and painful death. Slanesh probably wouldn't be because you're probably not interesting enough. But if you are, you're fucked. Okay, yeah, but you, you just don't know. They might take a sadistic interest in you Entirely and true just well. cut you a thousand times before killing you. Yes. Because they can. Uh, and you'll never touch them. And Zinch is also like a dangerous kind of my soul could be under attack. Yes, that's true. Like being driven mad by magic or burnt by magic fire. Night Lords probably wouldn't be fun. Night Lords wouldn't be fun, but also be campy as hell. It would be. Like, it'd be a mixture of laughing at them while being terrified. <laughs> this is the best show ever, but also... I think Iron Warriors would probably be quite preferable because you're probably just going to get shelled no. to death. Iron Warriors no. wouldn't be good because it'd be like a week-long death. Where they shell, oh, shit, yeah, they shell the shit out of your position. They cut off your water supplies. They cut off your food, and yeah. eventually they just roll right over you with heavy tanks. Whereas corn, I guess, you're just going to be corn just going to get in there and smash you. Yeah, it's true. And then you may have more of a chance because they're not going to be as tactically sound, but they're also fucking mental. Yeah, I mean, you're dead. You're dead anyway because you're Imperial Guardsman first. But you're going to be having Space Marine backup, though. Here's the thing. Okay, here come the Space Marines. Okay, so are we, are we saying um, prefer- most preferable is corn? I'm trying to think of anyone else would be more preferable. The word bearers would be terrifying to fight, actually. Word bearers would be the worst because you might get turned into a demon or have demons and, on you. Yeah, there'd be all kinds of demon shit. Nurgle, you'd be plagued by horrific plagues and choking on your own dissolving lungs and all that sort of crazy stuff because they love gas. I'd, yeah, I'd say it's probably between Nurgle and word bearers. The worst, yeah. Yeah. Then, like, Slanesh and Night Lords. Yeah, because you could hope that Slanesh would just dispatch you. Yeah, because they may just take your head off before you even know they're there. It's That'd be nice. speed. That'd be it nice. not fast, it only speed. Yeah, Alpha Legion, again, you'd just be dead before you know it. You'd probably be shot by your friend more than anything else. Yeah, that's still not great. Yeah. That's not great. Okay, <laughs> I've so known you for 40 years, Night Lords. <laughs> yeah. I meant Alpha Legion. That's how <laughs> sneaky they are. That's how fucking sneaky <laughs> yeah. they are. But okay, the Space Marine people you want on your side. Yeah, okay. I know so who I want. Who would you want? No, no, you, you go first. Okay, so I, I'm just going to talk through my options. Sorry for anyone that tuned in for like a <laughs> laser-like focus yeah, as opposed nah, to diverging laser no, crystal. I thought this question the other day, I thought it was fun, so we're doing okay. it. Okay, so number one yeah. is definitely Ultramarines. That reminds me. Okay, remind me after this that somebody asked me a question on our Discord. By the way, check out our Discord. Okay. And I need to answer that question. Yeah. So number one would be Ultramarines. Yep. Because you're guaranteed you're to win. win. You're guaranteed the win. I mean, you may be dead. Unless you're but... fighting Tyranids, at which point... It's probably even, yeah. <laughs> depending on which era of Space Marines you're fighting. If you're That's fighting true. our era of Space Marines versus new era of Space, new era of Space Marines, they're wiping their asses with the Tyranid bodies. Yeah. Um, even though they're they haven't as- even shat. <laughs> they're just doing it. Just doing it. They're just doing it, man. Just dudes. Yeah, just wiping their Having asses with Tyranid bodies. What's wrong with that? Uh, Imperial fists. They're gonna die. You're gonna die. But it's gonna be one hell of a fight because <laughs> that's the way the Imperial fists are. Um, <laughs> Iron Hands, Flesh is Weak, they might take a, like, they might just trample you into the ground because you're in front of them. Possibly. Like, Carcaradons, they'll be fun. Carcaradons, fuck knows what's happening. <laughs> like, it's either, like, it's either a monumental win or everything's just dead. Yeah, like, I, they, I imagine they, it's like they you might wake just up. And, virus bomb you yeah, from all of it. You may wake up to find the Carcaradons have gone off, gotten in there, and fucked up, everything else is dead, you're fine. Or your collateral. Or you're, like, yeah, you're just being virus bombed. Yeah. Or they drop a titan on you because they don't Fuck care you. about assets. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally the two things we can take away from Carcaros. Effective, but they don't care about assets. Yeah. Um, okay, so Raven Guard, you're probably a pawn in their game, but they will win. Yeah, they, no, well, it depends on which Raven Guard are. Maybe people like Shrike on your side who give a shit about you. 
I don't think Shrike gives too much of a shit. Isn't that what he did like uh, Gorilla Tactics against Orcs to like save people? I think he was just doing that because Gorilla Tactics versus Orcs. To be fair, yeah. like they're, they're, look, okay, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. Either they care about people, or they don't. If they don't, it's far better. Now, yeah, <laughs> salamanders. Salamanders actually care about people, so they're my second <laughs> they're option. Immediately undermine yourself. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, sal- salamanders. Yeah, but they're, they're, it's meant to be their kind of defining thing is yeah. that they actually care about humans. That's like one of their traits, yeah. and that's why they're my second boys after ultramarines. After ultramarines, um, actually, no, I'd say third because second would be white scars. Because <laughs> Could you see a gloriously whitely painted army, you envy them. <laughs> because I envy them. No, because, how do they paint white so well? Yeah, because uh, white scars. Mm. It would be the same as the Raven Guard in the, a swift, decisive assault. But the Raven, the like white scars would be shooting out over your defensive lines, whereas Raven Guard would be sweeping in from the sides or the rear true, or something. Yeah. White scars are just like fuck it, we're meeting it head Ramping on off. on a fucking motorbike yeah. <laughs> with a two-handed sword while straddling the bike with your thighs and steering it. Don't believe me? Look they at their models. It, yeah. <laughs> they do <laughs> it. That's how much of a fucking man they are. They just steer motorbikes with their thighs. <laughs> I believe they're using their testicles to steer. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're so balls big. of iron. Actually, they're ballast. The rear of the <laughs> motorbike <laughs> is, is incredibly light because the white scars steel balls now <laughs> yes yes yeah, so th- I mean those are the main ones really yeah do you so, know mine Ultramarines first yeah White Scar second Salamanders a close third mine my absolute first pick yep Space Wolves cause you'll have the rowdiest like day before the battle the night before you're gonna get fucking wrecked with Space Wolves and have a fucking whale of a time they're like a proper Viking pre-battle feast and drinking competition Unless they beat you up. Well, you don't start on them. They're bros. It'd be great. You and then, And then the next day, they're going to be rowdy bastards who are going to run off and intercept the enemy, hopefully. So you're not going to be at the front line. That'll be Space Wolves getting in there cutting shit to pieces with axes. To be fair, probably... Being lads. Space Wolves would be, like, the most awesome to watch. Yeah. Because, like, imagine being in, like, some massive trench network and there's just Space Wolves fighting in melee versus chaos. You'd be like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> is there a Space Marine faction that's more of a lad... And the space wolves. No, no, C- categorically not. Yeah, not. but what like, I forgot <laughs> is dark angels. I, see, I thought dark you angels. Them. Dark angels would be the worst because it'd be even if you win, you're getting chosen for interrogation <laughs> yeah. and either mind wiped or murdered. Like yeah. there is no win condition with the dark angels. So you you're saying they're worse than the carcaridons? Because Carcharodons, there's yes. like a small chance that yes. like, things will go well. The absolute worst are Carcharodons and Dark, <laughs> Dark Angels, Angels. But Dark Angels are the worst. Like Carcharodons, again with the Empress children, there's just a chance that they <laughs> don't fuck you over. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I think that's it for all the... Oh, there's a Blood Ravens and Blood Angels, but... Eh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, the question. I was playing tennis. <laughs> No, the question. No, no. Oh, sorry. You have got another one. I've got another one. Uh, oh, the right. question to answer specifically. But okay. no, I, I'm going to try to think of more of these because that was fun. I like that. Was good. Yeah. If you have any suggestions? Throw them in the Discord. Hit us up in that Discord. Yeah. Speaking it's of going to be a link in the description of this video. Fucking better be, otherwise we've forgotten. Thanks for the hate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have a chap in our Discord who asked me. Oh, they asked me. They asked us both a question because we, we we did some apocalypse stuff and it's basically oh yeah with the new apocalypse. Uh, could you answer me why um, you know uh, some units as they get bigger in unit size, uh, yeah. uh, their prices change. I was like, oh, I, I can explain that. Um, uh, if it's either, if they're getting more expensive, as in like, okay, per the individual model, yeah. say, ten, sorry, five of them cost five, yeah. and then 10 of them cost 12. Yeah. I can explain that. Yeah. Um, or if it's um, five of them cost five, and then 10 of them cost nine, I can explain that as well. Yes. As long as it's consistent. 
Yes. Okay, so why would it be more if you take double the dudes? Well, it could be more expensive because stratagems will be better at affecting them. Okay, yeah. Um, but I can also see it being cheaper in that it's making it so... Because how it works in um, Apocalypse is that detachments get deactivated at once. And if you have it be cheaper to take more dudes in uh, one unit rather than two units, it makes it harder to fill out detachments. So having more detachments... Um, will be overall more expensive than just having more dudes. And that's yep. an interesting question of what you want to do there. I can see both approaches working. Yep. And then the chap said, no, no, it does both. Ah. So I, I said, all right, well, I'm going to look at every unit and do the maths and work this out. I checked the first unit. It increased linearly. I think it got more expensive as it went. The second unit I looked at, in alphabetical order, of all the units in the game... <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately shags it all! Because it went from being like... I think it, oh God, I think it was... Let's say it was 5, 10, 15. From 5 to 10, it increased the price per man. Then 10 to 15, it decreased. I think it was the other way around. It decreased when you took the oh, yeah, medium it decreased, size. And then, and then when you took the large size, it increased... Compared to the base value. Yeah, like so the point per model went down and then up. Which is just mad. Which makes no sense whatsoever. And I immediately just went, wow. Yeah. Fuck it. Okay, there was no thought put into any of this. Yeah. Fuck it all. They're just doing whatever. The, oh, the only final thing I thought of, which I meant to check but didn't, because I got really, really paranoid, is what is the relation between the points changes and the price of the units monetarily speaking in that could it be if some things have you know unit sizes of um like with uh, custodian because it was custodes who I was looking at i think you can have like 3 5 and 10 and i was wondering 3 to 5 is that going to be not too expensive i, I, I can't remember exactly what it was but basically seeing if like um awkward unit sizes got uh, less uh, were less expensive so say if you uh, custodian guard you have a squad of 8 if that was less expensive per model than having a squad of five, because I'd encourage you to buy odd amounts of kits and more kits. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think G Dubs is that smart. No. And I, to be fair to the I Apocalypse, I don't think there's that level of attention put no. into it. Apocalypse, I think, was just the victim of being rushed and not given that much resources. Because I, I think they tried with it. Yeah. It's an interesting game. It does what it wants to do, which is you can play Apocalypse quickly. It's still fun, um, but there's other releases that I've seen a lot more care. Yeah, definitely. For example, either side. Warcry. Warcry. That was a really nice segue. I could have ruined it, <laughs> but I went with it. Warcry. I could have so easily ruined it. So, Warcry. You've done new... that before, though. You've shattered my segues many a time. I've had to. I've had to. I think there's been multiple times where I've been trying to segue and you just interrupted me you would continuously. Just, you would look too good if I... <laughs> yeah, can't look too time. fucking professional on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Showing us we, up. We've got to keep our haphazard style. Our right. freelance, free whip... Warcry, basically. <laughs> Warcry's got a hell of a release. It's got a fantastic release. Like, they've been teasing it for a while. Because Apocalypse was like, we had a tra teaser trailer, and then, it's out next week! Here's the kits, which, like, the reason why you care is the kits, not anything to do with the game itself. Warcry, announced a while ago, we had a slow build-up of showing off the different kits and the different factions and rules and all that shit. Got some stuff about the lore of these factions as well, which wasn't expected, but okay. Then the actual release itself... Um, Okay, let's just compare the base Apocalypse box yep. to the base Warcry box. Yep. Now, the base Apocalypse box has some cards. 
Which is not a complete amount it's of cards. It's not a complete amount of cards for even one player, no. like we add, and this is a two-player game. You need to have those cards, and then your faction cards, and then you need to have those base cards again yeah. if you're playing with other person. So they need to have their own box. So there's, there's and then they need to have their own deck of cards. That's two, two copies of cards, and if you, if you play the same faction, you'll need another box of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> you already need to buy a box and then two boxes of cards for, you know, one but Potentially two boxes. Potentially two, two boxes cards. if you both have the same faction. Um, you do get some dice in there, but they are specifically shit dice. They are really crude. Very because, crude, very rough dice. Because they have extra dice you can buy, which are apocalypse-themed, at a cost. And it's not like Games Workshop has anything against the past. For example, Titanicus has some of the fucking sexiest dice I've seen in a while in the base kit. Because it's amazing. Titanicus. Get Titanicus. Get Titanicus. Titanicus is fucking amazing. It is like, like the best from, game From a gameplay ever. point of view, from a fucking sweet-ass release. Um, nowadays. Obviously. Nowadays, yeah, but it's just so good. Don't so like fucking Titanicus. good. It's, it's amazing. We fucking love it. Now, um, you then have... What else is in there? A bunch of tokens. Yep. The rule book. The rule book, which was paper. Yeah. It was kind of a shitty rule book. It's it's kind of an unattractive rule book, is what I'd say. It it, it gets the job done. It's got yeah, writing in yeah. there, but there's very few illustrations. There's very few... It's more like pictures of models as opposed to artwork. You compare it to, say, the Titanicus rule book, which is a hardback, Fantastic amount gorgeous of thing. A, a brilliant artwork. Um, a bunch of law in there. It has a fucking bookmark thing. Those little like, bits of ribbon. Actually yeah. ribbon, I think. It's, like, it's fucking amazing. Um, and that's it. In Titanicus box... Sorry, Apocalypse Box, you have shit dice, deliberately shit dice, because they want to charge you for the real ones. Yep. Tokens, um, some cards, which aren't enough, and a shit rule book. How much uh, did that cost? It's 60 quid. 60 Did English you? pounds. Yeah. So about 75 American dollars, or 1,600,000 Australian dollars. <laughs> it's basically Australia's national debt. <laughs> it's the cost. <laughs> now let's compare this to Warcry. Wakri, as it's better known. Wakri, as we call it. Now, Wakri's release is £100. So, or, <laughs> do your own calculations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it's the, like, what was it? Uh, you times it by, I don't know, it's 0.8, sorry, 1.2 for yeah, uh, dollars. It's, it's like and then you get dollars. maths error for Australian dollars. Yeah, Australian <laughs> dollars, you're dividing by zero. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> it's infinite money at this point. Like, you're choosing between your daughter's prosthetic legs in this box. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where we are in Australia. Yeah, we're st- Australia, I don't know how you manage it. It's tough. I imagine there must be crime, an awful lot of crimes related to Games Workshop because it's like the most expensive commodity. People exchanging crack in like kilo, like quantities (laughs) to afford (laughs) a basic kit. (laughs) I can believe that. I can believe that. Okay, so let let's see what forty pounds gets you. First of all, you get yeah, hundred pounds, not forty. No, I'm saying the difference. Oh, I see. Yeah, Yeah. sorry, sorry, I'm with you. Okay, so we get tokens, (laughs) better tokens, I'll add. Yeah, they they have a nicer sheen. Nicer sheen. They also have like more artwork because the apocalypse ones are kind of sort of made in Photoshop. Yeah, a little bit kind of generic. Like have have a simple symbol and a red background. Yeah, like yeah. use word art. That's how you make <laughs> them. You use word art. Pretty much. Um, you then have um. So you, so have, you have, have, have better tokens. You have a ruler in there. Yep. You have custom dice. As I say, the rule book isn't the rule book better. Hasn't it got a lot better artwork? Is it better build quality? My one complaint of the rulebook... It's not hardback. It's not hardback. 
that is my big complaint about the rule book. I don't like these floppy covers. Like it is, it is a soft bat book. I think the Kill Team book, but it has a lot of color in it, an awful lot of color. It has like custom artwork in there. It has a real sort of stylized feel to it, whereas Apocalypse was much more just here's your text, here's oh, your I, game. I love the um, the faction pages where they show off here's the faction because yeah. they have like a really um, silhouette style. Like, yeah, use of negative space as well to show the silhouette. Like, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. They did they did a really nice job in the Warcry rulebook. Also in the Warcry rulebook, unlike the Apocalypse book, sorry, in the uh, starter set type in, thing. In the, no, no, but in the rulebook. Oh, sorry, sorry. In the rulebook, um, you have a copy of all the different cards that you would need in the rulebook. Are you telling free. me that you don't need to buy an extra pack of cards to play the game? I'm telling you that you do not. You could buy you could buy the rule book separately, which you can do. You don't need to buy the starter set. You can buy the rule book separately and have all the uh, assets that you'd need to play the game. Yeah, which is an insane theory compared also, to Apocalypse. The actual warbands have the rules in there anyway, or at least um, their special rules up there. Which yeah, is yeah. Interesting so as well. so every gang has cards which go with it, and every gang comes with the, these cards in the box, which is kind of unprecedented with. Warhammer. Normally yeah. it's buy the box, buy the models, then buy the cards. Buy the rules. Buy, buy the, the core rules. Buy, buy the rule book, buy the codex, <laughs> buy the supplement. Yeah. They got a good model. <laughs> Whereas for Warcry, it's like, yeah, just have them in the box, which is terrifying and weird. Um, also in this core box, you get, as you said, custom dice. So you have one set of custom dice for each faction, then a set of just. Wild war- dice. Yeah, just Warcry dice. They're all like the colors related to that faction, which is, again, that's better than here's some deliberately shit dice you buy some special ones. They're they're also a nicer feel, my ad, because the, the ones from Apocalypse are very clearly cheap dice, and I know dice are cheap anyway because they're just plastic which is painted. But, but these these are slightly on the cheap side. Yeah, not the cheapest, but certainly cheap. Yeah, they're, they're deliberately shoddily done, which yeah. is a slap in the face when they're saying pay but twelve pounds for some quid. It's sixty quid to buy the box. It's like come on, there's just paper, cards, and plastic in here, and I know it's. Yeah, all Warhammer's plastic, but it's just dice, you know, and it's, yeah, it's 60 quid. It's like, come on. It's not a substantial amount of anything. Come also on. in the Warcry box, for the £40 difference, you get two of the Warbands. Yep. You also get a bunch of Chaos Beasts. You also get Chaos Furies. You also get a fuck ton of terrain. And I mean a fuck ton of terrain. There's a lot of terrain. And it's, it's cool a, terrain. Yeah, it's a fuck ton of really cool terrain. It's also terrain that would be perfectly usable in games of Age of Sigma as well. Arguably 40k, depending on where you want to set it as well. Arguably 40k. It also comes with like a battle mat thing. Which is perfectly sized for the game. Yeah. So literally in that box, you get everything you need to play. You don't get glue, you don't get snippers, you don't get... The, the hobby side of things. Yeah, but well, everything not, else is in there. It's not just everything you need, because the amount of terrain they give you is deliberately... Because in the book, they have like a whole bunch of different scenarios that set the terrain up in very specific ways. Yep. It gives you all of the terrain to do all of that. It's not like you get a basic bitch no, no, amount of terrain. It gives you the full amount you need that's what I mean. to do whole campaigns with it and stuff. Yeah, it gives you literally everything. Mm. Everything for Warcry. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the extra gangs, which you can buy, with all their cards included. Okay, the gangs are slightly expensive, They're I would 30 say. 30 quid. I mean, you know... Com- for like a, a squad of dudes, £30. Pounds. You've been ruined by modern economy. <laughs> okay, because back in the day, it used to be like £18 pounds for 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I still oh, come a long way, I still miss but... Tyranids because they changed it recently, being twelve pounds for like ten Hormigons. Yeah. Um, but for, I'm saying for modern 40k, yeah, thirty quid for a squad of dudes, yeah. that is good. I mean, Necromunda gangs are twenty five. So yeah, but that's because Necromunda is a special boy. Yeah, Necromunda's made. So Warcry, it really feels like 
Uh, and this is something we were discussing because we, we love Necromunda. Mm. We love Titanicus. Apocalypse did not live up to those two. I, you know, no, I definitely didn't live up to it. I appreciate what it is, and I think we'll still play it now and again. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely usable. It's definitely workable. Yeah, it's, it's fit for purpose, but that's about it. But it, it was so anti-consumer on release. If you want to hear all our randings and acidic drippings on that one. And praise. And some praise. Go and listen to the podcast episode. Or please, please listen to the podcast episode. <laughs> not, not, not go, go. But, um, not now. We need you. But Necromunda and Titanicus, fantastic releases. But you could tell that GW wanted to give it a good, like, a proper release so it could stand on its own two legs. Whereas Apocalypse is very much propping itself on 40k. I know that's what it's meant to be. Um, oh, okay, Apocalypse is... Warcry. Shut out. Warcry has the most full release they've done yeah. for any of these Hobbit games. And it, it's not leaning on Age of Sigmar at all. To the point where we don't associate it with Age of Sigmar. We're not fantastic fans of Age of Sigmar. To the point where my brain, when I read a sentence, <laughs> when someone just talking about the game, some some uh, you know gaming uh, reporter put Age of Sigmar semicolon, sorry, colon, Warcry, <laughs> I just went... That's wrong. It's just Warcry, and then I had to correct it with my powers of thought and say, actually, yes, it is Age of Sigma, but I don't attribute it to that <laughs> because it's separate. Because I mean, we'll do a whole different episode for for Warcry. Yeah. Um, but how did we get into Warcry? Well, I first we... say one thing as well, though. The whole like, oh, sorry. Just to finally say how, what a fucking cracking release this is. Yeah. Is um, look at Titanicus. Look at Necromunda. Really drip-fed releases. Yeah. You have a core box, like Titanicus especially drip-fed release. And it was only really this year when Titanicus became a, let's properly get into it because it has everything. Yeah, or, it was kind of the same thing with Necromunda as well, because there was a while where they put out the gangs and then a lot of stuff is going to follow in Forge World and it's, we're still not quite oh, yeah. getting to that Forge World stuff. Which, but even then, it began with two gangs and you had to wait for the first one and yeah. then a month for the next one. Yeah, yeah. so release. Titanicus is slightly better, I'd say. Yeah, no, Because you, no. you had more stuff to just get on with. Like, Titanicus at the stage where it could now evolve into something new. Whereas, yeah. uh, what's his name? Necromunda's still kind of Necromunda. It's still, yeah, finding its own feet. So, yeah, Wakri has launched with most of its shit. Most of it. It's yeah. only waiting on two factions. And then there's going to be supplementary stuff, and there's also scenery kits. By the way, the scenery kits, fantastic oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, consumer... Um, Friendly as fuck. Buyer, buyer uh, information here. If you buy the boxes of the new scenery... So the way that it works is that in the, the box of Warcry, you have three different packs of cards. So one is a scenario, one is the map layout, and one is a twist. To now, like randomly generate missions. Yeah, and the, the this uh, map layout always corresponds to the stuff in that base box. Hmm. However, if you buy the other scenery boxes, it comes with all the cards for that new scenery layout. Because in the other ones, you get like a massive um, Egyptian platform type thing. Which looks amazing. Which looks amazing. And it wouldn't at all work if you're trying to mix that, that with the base boxes without these cards. Also and it's just quid for these things. That, yeah, it's, like it's a lot of scenery. Quid, yeah. for 50 quid. But yeah, because that was one of my first questions to the store owner. Cause, well, okay. But what I'm basically asking about the train is like, yeah, well, well, you can check. Let's quickly check the content of the box online. Yeah, it has all the rules for it. All that stuff. The new twist deck and so on. Not twist deck, but the new like terrain deck and so on. That all just comes in the box with it. You don't need to buy a separate thing. So we were like, wow, this is friendly as fuck. Yeah, because if this had been the Apocalypse release, it would have been buy the scenery, buy the cards, and cards possibly will be 15 buy pounds. another pack because your friend also wants to use these <laughs> cards. Whereas Warcry, yeah, it's fantastic. The way that I'd describe it is big tease with a full release. Yeah, how do we get into it? So we went into the store. <laughs> 
You know, earlier on we said it's definitely not a case of the store manager holding a mirror and shining it onto something and we go, oh, must buy it. Well, we went in there and I wanted a paintbrush and a paint because... That's all we were going to go in I w- I'd finally built my Van Sairs after... I had them for a while and I just hadn't got around to building them. So I like, right, built them, which is draining as fuck, by the way. Like, Necromunda, if you haven't played it, Van Sair especially... By the way, it, it's Vansar and all the stuff, but apparently they're Dutch, so it's meant to be Vansar. Yeah. Apparently. 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 We, we, we said Vansar for ages. We said Vansar for but years. But recently I've seen a thing people saying it's Dutch, it's got to be Vansar, so like, well, we'll try and do that. So Vansar. Um, Vansar. They, Vansar. If you haven't assembled them before, um, an arm holding a gun is at least three pieces. All very small pieces. <laughs> and so an individual model is like 18 pieces. For a tiny dude, and it's like just assembling one man takes it out of you, it drains you, it destroys part of your soul. Because also they're attached to so many points of the spirit. There's a lot of filing, a lot of clipping, a lot of effort, a lot of hand cramp because they're tiny. And good god, anyway. So it's like right, I want to paint them up. I want a small brush for this because there's a lot of small detail on them, and I did need that brush. You did step into the store. Now was this the day when it was um, downpour of the gods? Yes. This is partly why this happened. Now, I, to be fair... Had I, would been... blame, I would blame the gods for this one. Oh, yeah, I blame the gods. Like, entirely. Some, somebody played a hand in this. I, To be fair, I'd seen Warcry, and I hadn't paid attention at all until the Unmade... We'll get onto them. Until the Unmade were, were sort of shown off, and they look awesome. So I looked a bit more into the game and went, wow, this, is, this looks to be a pretty cool release. That was about it. I was like, maybe we'll pick it up. I don't know. I'm a bit interested. Get to the store. It, we parked, like, ten minutes away. Get halfway there. And it, we, we left the car, completely fine weather. Bit grey, but okay. Get about halfway there, so there's no point turning back. Fucking sky explodes with water and doesn't stop. Um, it should also be noted that we were straight from doing exercise, so we were wearing yeah. just <laughs> t-shirts, t-shirts and, and like really tiny shorts. Like, almost thongs. <laughs> so, yeah, for, like, going, there was no then, rain protection here. There was, there was no rain protection. So we're walking down the street. Everyone else is in like anoraks yeah, or in umbrellas. cars with umbrellas in the cars because they're that afraid of water. I don't know what was going on. And then there we are, like complete knobs, <laughs> where we're just like, this is going to work out. Now, we also knew that the store wasn't open for another quarter of an hour. So we were sort of taking our time with the stroll, you know, because the, the downpour. If we ran there, there'd be no point because, you know, the store would still be shut. So the skies part and the entire Red Sea falls out of it. <laughs> we, we get to the store, like, sodden, just completely sodden. And the store manager, like, he just opened up. He sort of sees us, just step in. You're right there? Yeah. Like, we were just waiting outside the window, <laughs> yeah. like, please, please. <laughs> please. And the rain just didn't stop for, like, the next hour. Yeah, so we, it was we easily an hour, there. probably like an hour and a half. We just loitered. Because, because... We're, because we're hard men. And we didn't want to go in the rain again. We stayed in the nice warm Warhammer shop. Yeah. Also, we get on really well with the store manager. We just hung around and chatted for a bit. And while we're there, like, Warcry had just been released. There was a, this big box. And we needed to pass some time. So like, we're just looking at it. Let's, let's just have a look. Let's just have a look. We've got time on our hands. Yeah. We're, we're wet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's have a look. It's below 10 degrees. Whoa. It's the danger hour. So we had a look. Yeah. And look at the box and go, it's a lot of shit. By the way, the store manager also had like um, a display in like a little glass case, which is um, a bunch of terrain and the gangs and so on. He looked at it and he's like, "That's not all the terrain. That's only some." You're like, "Jesus!" Yeah, it was like maybe a third. 
Yeah. Maybe less than that with the train. Now, also, I like the Iron Golems, which is one of the gangs in the starter box, and they were the first teased part of Warcry. And I saw them months ago, and I was like, I quite like that. I do like yeah, that style. Yeah, I think we discussed it, and you went, that looks quite cool. Yeah. That's my jam. Yeah. Dudes that are forgers. Uh, also, by the way, when I was in the store, I saw a model which I'd never seen before for the Iron Golems. Not that I'm trying to justify any of what happens, but there's a chaos dwarf that's got two hammers and his pose is just, he's got both his hammers in the air and he's just saying, yeah, with his body. And uh, <laughs> with, his, with his ripped, shredded body, he's just saying, yeah. His sweet abs. His sweet abs. Can I hear that? Yeah. Now, by the way, anyone that doesn't know, fantasy dwarfs were my city. That is where I pitched my tent. That is where I lived. If I was going to go back to the old world... you pitched a tent for fantasy dwarves? <laughs> maybe. Maybe that didn't come out right. <laughs> you want to rework that in That's, I was a fan. Let's redact the tent, uh, tent pitching. <laughs> so, I was just a regular fan. They were a regular fan of dwarves. But I really, really love oh, dwarves. They, they, <laughs> they pitch your tent. They pitch my tent right up. Now... now <laughs> so I saw this little chaos dwarf, which I'd never seen before, doing this absolute, yeah, pose. I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. I really like the Iron Golems. And then we're like, well, that's quite cool. At this point, I was sort of starting debating. I'd be quite happy to split that I kit, think maybe. We, we looked at each other, and there's a certain look in both we, our eyes. With, because we're brothers, we have sort of this, like, strange no communication but understanding yeah, where we looked at each other and we could both see in the other one's <laughs> eye like I'm tempted I'm tempted I could also convince him yeah. but I'm not sure like we both <laughs> like, thought it yeah. like I could convince him if I wanted to but both... I, I don't know if they're too... <laughs> we'll leave it for now That's... we both had <laughs> that, that, exact... that was the exact same look we gave each yeah. other <laughs> <laughs> like multiple like for all of us we kept giving each other that look <laughs> now <laughs> Like, maybe we should just stop going to Warhammer shops together. Like, yeah. that's maybe the secret to this. Because, okay, but after, after that, um, there was the Unmade there. I was like... Yeah, which well, is your gang. My, my beautiful, absolute jam. Beautiful dudes. Um, are maybe Slaanesh worshippers. Maybe not, but we'll cover that in, in due course. Yeah. Um, but also with it, we then... Um, they had a rule book on display. Like, yeah, just have a look at the rule book. Because we wanted to see, like, some of the... Uh, some of the rules. Because we were interested in, like, the... Oh, Beast can turn. What's that with? Up with what's up with that? Uh, but you then see like the amount of stuff like okay here's like each faction gets two campaigns here's all the twists that are thrown in to make the game continually interesting and fresh which to me I really like seeing in the core rule books because it was the kind of thing back in the day where it would turn up something like Planet Strike or something was like here's some interesting ways to change it yeah. whereas now especially like with this where they've gone here's a fuck ton of different ways to play this game or not different but here's a fuck ton of ways to change how the game is played yeah. which is really good um, so we look at that and went oh that look happened. Um, I was still having to wait around here. I picked up a book in the meantime because I wanted that book. And I didn't know. It, I hadn't seen it. And I was like, oh, it's in the store. Fuck it, I'm having that. And then we had this discussion of terrain because we saw like, oh, yeah, there's the um, the twist cards. And then what about the terrain boxes? And we found out that the cards came in there like, wow, that's that's really good. That's, uh, that's really consumer friendly. Um, and it sort of hit like the hour mark and we went, well, I mean... It's good value. For research purposes. This, it just makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> and it's a saving, it's which is saving. always the words of like, the yeah. second we say it's a saving. We that's when up, we've committed. Yeah, that's when we end That's up. how you buy two boxes of Ford <laughs> in one weekend. <laughs> yeah. And then not send one back because 
It is a saving. It's such a good saving. How could you send it back? Like yeah. Basically, yeah. That, the second we happens. say it's a saving, we've committed, and there's no turning back. It's the end. You've gone too far. You've gone past the precipice. And you're yeah. free for And as ever, it's not just a case of... If one of us says it's a saving, the other one's thinking it. So we're both gone. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's where we have um, Warcraft. We've not actually played it yet, because yeah. there's a bit of a cock-up. Um, we'll be playing it the, this weekend, and we'll the next episode will probably be on Warcraft and discuss some of the lore and all that stuff. Because the lore actually seems kind of okay in parts. Yeah, there's, which, there's some good stuff going on there. Some bad stuff, but well, we'll get through it. Possibly due to we'll the parent setting, but who could say? Who could um, say? Anyway, so, with my unmade. <laughs> yeah. Went there, got them, along with all the other stuff. Come back. And we sort of settle down after, you know, sorting everything out. Like, right, let's let's start the assembly process. Let's sort of start doing this. I think I finished off some Vansar stuff first. And then finally went, all right, let's get to the unmade. Let's build these bitches. Open the box up. Oh, fuck, it's got cards in it. Oh, that's great. Oh, they're all in here. Oh, that's amazing. There's a piece in here. That's broken. That's a shame. So I have a look in the... Uh, there's another bit which is crumpled. Another bit which is a bit off. Oh, fuck it. Go back to the store. Show it to the store manager. And immediately, like, yeah, like, just have a quick look. Yeah, it got broken at some point in production or something. It's fine. Um... Like games... the, the outside box looked perfect. Oh, yeah. Well. Like... Like, there was no way to tell without removing the cellophane and taking the kits out Cause to my... tell that it was broken. Yeah, my immediate first thought was that maybe because it was in the same bag as all the Warcry stuff, it got crushed. Because um, but... the Warcry box set, surprise, surprise, with all that terrain in it, it's fucking huge. Fucking heavy. Yeah. Like, it was cutting off the blood supply to my fingers <laughs> as I was carrying the bag with it. Yeah, but uh, no, the box is completely fine. And still, because Games Workshop does a really good returns policy. He was just like, yep, that's, uh, that's fucked. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, problem. I've sold all of the unmade. Yeah. So, uh, so we were there first thing. There was at least two boxes of unmade. Yeah. There's two boxes of everything at least. Yeah. And every he was like, you can pick, you can either get a refund or you can like get a store thing. You can pick another gang, and all the other gangs were there. I was like, oh fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I, they're I, also good looking gangs. Yeah. Like, I know. Like, there's not a gang which I'd say is categorically shit. No. No. Yeah. Like, there's there's redeeming elements in all of them. Yeah. Like there's. So the Iron Golems are my favourite, but I could easily pick a second. And you, it's same with the Unmade. The Unmade are clearly your favourite, but, but I could easily pick a second. You could pick a second, but you also want the Unmade. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was very tempted to pick up a different box because I wanted to play it, but I was like, no, no, because I'll just want the Unmade more, and I'll get them anyway. So I, I waited, and he said, okay, come back in a week. And I did. But I was busy. <laughs> I came back, hadn't built them, and they got to this weekend, when it's being recorded. Spoiler, we recorded the weekends. I was like, right. And the store manager, he... Uh, he very kindly, when I went to collect it, he opened the box up and went, I've checked, it's all fine, you can check as well if you want. I said, no, I trust him. I did trust him. I checked the box that weekend. Completely fine. Everything's in there. It's great. Great stuff. Um, went to build them today. <laughs> Rip open the box of bases and go, I'm missing a base. Yeah. They, <laughs> the unmade are cursed. They now, are cursed. Okay, warning, warning for everyone <laughs> if you're getting the unmade. They're really cool. But holy shit, they are made to break. Like, I am very careful with my models usually. Like, you see stuff in Batrace, people just like jab like a model and like bend it by just poking yeah. it. Do you mean this? Like, Don't do that. And he'll break it. Or just like pick them up in a clump and then throw them in a box. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, that's money that you've spent a lot of time painting. Or an incredibly talented friend at painting who'll just like, you pick up like a handful and just put them down quite roughly. And you look at it and go, you're so talented at painting, you might hurt them. Yeah. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't, amazingly enough. He doesn't, enough. but I don't have I'm the scared balls every time. to do that. <laughs> no. Painting is such a task. <laughs> you just, you can't remember really. going back. Yeah. Anyway, so, the unmade, like, the thing which broke um, in the other uh, box, like, is a bit of like a chain flail thing. So, this time, I went to file a bit of the flail, a bit of the chain flail, completely separate piece, 
the chain just broke. Not even when I was holding it, no, I was finding it just just fell off. <laughs> just I was literally, fell. I picked it up and a separate bit of it fell off, which is a bit sugar. It's somehow glued it back together and it's okay for now. Like, all awesome. It is amazing. But there's so much stuff where it's like there's hundreds of thousands of spikes. Now, Chaos always has the problem of you're going to sp- stab, you, stab your hands. <laughs> you're going to stab your hands to having these models. The Unmade is a new level of terror because you're going to stab your hands, as I did when Henry came in, looked at them, put them down a bit different. So they were off to one side when I put them down. Henry looks at them all, puts them down next to my mouse. So I absentmindedly go to pick up my mouse or touch my mouse and just stab my hands on a bunch of them. Because <laughs> you have that initial terror and pain, but you also have the, go- the thing of, oh God, these models are like so spindly and fragile. Yeah. But there's so many bits of it which are like teeny tiny and thin, which you have to file on. And it's terrifying. And like basically, it's like massive levers attached to the smallest contact points they can. So it's like a wrist with a spear that extends in both directions. And it's like a tiny wrist. So all of them, like looking, like me looking at them, yeah. they look flimsy as hell. Like I don't even know how you're going to transport them. I think you'd have like, to wrap them in a cloud and move. I tried to pick no, I tried to pick one up. But because he has a great big fuck off jabby spear in the way, with spikes coming out of it in all directions, I just gently tapped him and pinging off in the distance and nearly knocked over a bunch of the others. <laughs> just due to the... Oh, my God. But they look fucking amazing. They look amazing. They look amazing. And yeah. that, that's what I can say about all the Warcry stuff. It looks fucking amazing. Um, what a yeah. launch. Yeah. And that's that's how we're completely balls deep in... Uh, that's pro- probably not that's the term. That's not... Waist yeah. deep yeah. in Wakri. 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 Uh, and that's how we got into it. Now, final... Final bit of news. Mm. Uh, the children's books. We've got some official market research. What's that even from? That's the Crystal Maze. That's not news. Oh, dear. For anyone watching who doesn't know what the Crystal Maze It's like a show from the 1990s, an English show in the 1990s to early 2000s. There was also just a crazy game show. Like, as far as game shows go, if you look at it, (laughs) conceptually speaking, it's insane. They locked people in rooms (laughs) and played the harmonica at them. Normal game show. All right, we're going to ask you questions, you'll answer them, and maybe you'll get knocked out and win some money. This game show! Fuck that noise! Like, yeah. alright, there's four zones. What are you going to run between them? There's the medieval zone, the underwater zone. <laughs> Atlantis and the sci-fi zone. What in, each, in there you'll go and do rooms of challenges. If you don't manage to do the challenge in time, you're locked in for the rest of the game show. What? And it's all for crystals. Get to the end, yeah. You have to collect tinfoil things while in a giant fan machine? Yeah, they, they basically put like loads of rectangular bits of tinfoil, gold and silver, and they just <laughs> fire them with air in like a giant dome and there's about six people in a there giant trying to grab this dome. Money. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. Anyway, Go check it out. It's great. <laughs> so this is the Crystal Maze news flash. Yeah. Um, the children's books, we've got market research. Uh, one of our chaps in the Discord, he has a nephew who is a child who had the book and the feedback, the market research we got um, from the child is that the book was quote-unquote cool which is just such a beautifully stereotypical like child <laughs> yeah. response this person is like, like oh my nephew they've read these books i wonder what they have to say this is this is important these are new things what what news do you give me to pass on to the discord for the others for the research purposes it's cool it's cool it's like, there was a man on fire like fired from an air cannon into a helicopter that he flew to zimbabwe and that was cool would be though <laughs> it like, would be cool to be fair, I'm like that's all we can really ask them to be on, I think. Yeah, no, I yeah. think that's I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant market research. Net win. How so the children's books, yeah. 
it seems that children will enjoy them. However, however, we got our grubby little mittens on one in the shop. Not a child. Yeah. <laughs> Not a child. <laughs> Just the book. Just the book. Yeah. Sorry. I also, Sarah, I forgot where you were going with this, but now I remember. It's amazing. Yes, it's fucking yes. amazing. So we got our grubby little mittens. On a on book. A, on a book. <laughs> we read the back because on know, a book because we had an hour to spend at least. Yeah, we had a quick flip through, and it was the Space Marines and the Tomb of the Necron or something like that. And there was a quote on the back. <laughs> there was a quote on the back, which was something along the lines. Like we're completely paraphrasing. I can't remember what word for word. Like but it was really basically interesting like a good book, a really good book for children. And who was that quote by? David Alan? Tennant. He's quite a high-profile actor. David Tennant. You mean yeah. Doctor Who? I mean Doctor Who. Yeah. Who's in Shakespearean productions and? Yeah, like he's he's a cool guy. That's cool. They got him on the book. How did they do that, Henry? I remember another job he did actually. Yeah, there's there's another job he there's did. There's another job he did. Yeah. Didn't he read the audio books <laughs> yeah. for these children's books? <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, GW, yeah. you can't pay the man and then get a quote from him. Like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> David Tennant, you cheeky bastards. <laughs> you cheeky b- They hired him to do the audio book and then and got him a to qu- do a great Oh, quote. we should have checked the other one to see if I had Billy Piper giving a quote for it. Yeah, we should have done. I think she's got less... I'm not going to go there. <laughs> You're going to say less clout. How dare Then you? David Tennant. How dare Then you? David... Because he was the Doctor. Yeah. He no. knows sci-fi. He understands how to fix things with a screwdriver. <laughs> As is... Yeah, she has no connection to Age of Sigma, but... <laughs> oh, we should have checked. That... that we uh, should have a look. Yeah, we, we should. should have a look. Did we laugh out loud in the store? I think we managed we to did. hold it. I think there was, a, there was like a... Yeah, ah! we had a bit of a laugh, but we also... Because you don't want to laugh, you know... Too with the store manager there, like, what's this? They fucked up the hobby thing. Because it's his job to do the hobby thing. You don't want to laugh at it. But... Also, there's loads of new dudes in the shop as well, which is good. There's a lot of guys that have started since uh, 8th edition. Yeah. And they seem like pretty cool people, which is nice. Because we went through a period of sort of a drought where we always had, like, the same players coming in. Wasn't also the same players who turned up the 10 Lehman Rye. There was quite a lot of power gaming going on, which, yeah. which got unpleasant. So I think it scared off a lot of new players. Whereas now, there seems to be a lot of, like, just... Nice, genuine people coming in to start 8th edition. Yeah, which is cool. Which is cool. And then you talk to them and you find out what their hobby is. And I've interrogated <laughs> well, the, the, a lot. The of terrifying people. moment was like, wow, that's a lot of blood angels. Like, and they look really beautiful. How long have you had them? About two months. Okay. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off, have you painted that many, you bastard? How dare you do things? Yeah. There was a dude in the shop that had like 700 points of blood angels. No, more than that. No, it was like more one, than that. 1,500 points of painted blood angels. I don't have. Two models to rub together. <laughs> that are painted. <laughs> They're painted, and I've been in the hobby what twelve years. And Do he's you have like, a fully painted Death Guard army yet? It's in the process of. <laughs> it's in, in the process, process of for three years now. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, but it's taking a while. Yeah, we're bad at getting things done. <laughs> Mainly because of our laser light focus. But that's been the podcast. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, take care of yourselves, uh, and see you next time. Bye.